0: All right, everybody, we're continuing our extraordinary journey of trusting in the Lord. Remember, uh, we told you that trusting in the Lord, according to Solomon, uh, Proverbs chapter three, verse five and six, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and not that I do understand in all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. We have also discovered that trust is when you come to the Lord and give yourself completely over to him, and he can trust you with the plans for humanity. Now, there may be a lot of good people running around helping someone who has put their trust in the Lord, and that might be you. But those who put their trust in the Lord, Almighty God can trust them with the plans of humanity or with the keys to the kingdom, as he did with uh, the Apostle Peter in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 16, verse 19, where he gave him the keys to the kingdom. And uh, whatever he said on earth was the law, and whatever he said on on earth heaven said was the law. At any rate, we're continuing our teaching, and and what I want to do is I want you to look at a couple of things that we've been able to examine recently uh, with respect to Hamites and Canaanites. Now, I've noticed that a lot of, uh, well, not a lot of, but some Shemites who are the sons of Noah in the Jewish family, Uh, have accused me of attacking the Jews. Um, There's nothing I can do to explain to them that I'm not. I suppose even if I got down and shined their shoes, they'd probably still say I'm attacking them. I'm not. I'm just teaching the word of God. I think many would say that Jesus attacks the Jews. That's not true. But we're going to leave that as that is. Others are saying, on the other side, Japheth are saying that I'm being racist because I'm pointing out Now is the time for the Hamites and the Canaanites to come to fullness of their time before God, before the end of all things. That now is their time to be blessed after 400 years of slavery. And the Japheth people are calling that racist. Well, there's nothing you can do to anyone who accepts that or lets that get down in their heart. They've got some other reason why they're saying that. And there's nothing I can do or will do to assuage that. But what I do want to do is talk to Hamites. And the Canaanites, and say to them about the message of weaponizing themselves with the power of the Sabbath, that the Sabbath is the the, the law that gives them their first freedom. It's a biblical law it, it was, It's the law that gives them the opportunity to act like God. Only Shemites recognize on the entire planet of Earth. Only the Shemites recognize this all-powerful law of the Sabbath day. It's the day that God rested after six days of creation. And it's the day that Moses told the children of Israel to observe in Exodus chapter 20, verse 8 through 11. But only the Shemites recognize it. And I got to tell you that it's now time for the Hamites to wake up and recognize the power of the Sabbath day. And Hamites and Canaanites as well. And what I'd like to do is just point up now, because I know I've got a big hurdle, but I believe that Almighty God, his name is Jesus, will give me the strength to overcome the obstacles that lie ahead and that we might be able to push forward of bringing the Hamite and Canaanite people into a brand new era of prosperity, a brand new era of health, a brand new era of world leadership. And I want to point out, that all of the efforts of the last 100 years uh, to bring the Hamites and Canaanites, and there's been a Hamite and Canaanite uh, movement by itself, uh, had, well, let me not say just yet they have failed, but they have not produced the product that they have sought. Let's start with the whole idea of the civil rights movement. Let's go back to Rosa Parks. And uh, when I go all the way back to W.E.B. Du Bois and the founding of the National Act, uh, the NAACP, uh, in terms of its its pretense and what it was scheduled to do uh, to help advance the colored people. Well, first of all, the name of it is an anathema. But the other thing is that it got started in the 1920s with W.E.B. Du Bois, who himself was a communist. The NAACP is still around, but it's really now a Japheth-run organization. It's Japheth and Shemite supported. They're the ones that give the money to support it. And they get the Hamite, Pinch-nosed Hamites, Pinch-nosed Canaanites, Pinch-nosed Hamites, and Pinch-nosed Negroes to run it. And it's just a sham. It's, it's just a dumping ground for rich Shemites and rich Japheth people to put money in to ease their conscience about the suffering that Hamites and Canaanites are going through. It isn't an organization to move anything forward. So uh, the the, the NWAC and the civil rights movement, and then comes Dr. King, of course, and Rosa Parks and uh, the marching, and uh, the and then and then there's lots of 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 uh, Shemite uh, media media control that gave Dr. King a lot of press, so people would know who he was, hear what he had to say. He was a Southern Baptist preacher, with a, a black Baptist that is, and he was you know we have that baptist drawl which was so prominent among baptist preachers during his day his father was a preacher his grandfather before him and uh, the media gave him some press and then after a while they uh, they 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 dropped back on giving him some press and then he put children out on the street in birmingham let the fire hoses and the dogs get a hold of them so that they too uh, so the press would come back, and he got more coverage, and then the coverage backed up, and then there was all kinds of splinter groups that came along. And uh, he had a march or two on Washington and spoke with the presidents and everything. Uh, and then, of course, but the, but the civil rights issue did advance some legislation which changed the laws of Congress um, and we'll see how far they got everybody. I, 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 right now, and by that, I mean, if you stick a pin in the whole idea, well what did civil rights accomplish in the midst of civil rights, now we're talking about weaponizing the Hamites, the Canaanites to actually bring them to where nothing else has ever done for them, to bring them to a sense of wholeness, and, and by that, I mean in their personal their relationship with God their financial, their uh, world stage leadership, that nothing has done it so far is what I'm trying to point up, And I'm going over in some review of some efforts that have been mighty efforts, but they have left a lot wanting. So then came black power with Stokely Carmichael and, you know, the black power movement, the black power, black power that ran for a little while and then that petered out. And then, of course, the Black Panthers came along in the 60s and the 70s, and they were using the Second Amendment of the Constitution to stand uh, in, in, on their street corners with their firearms as long as they were long arms, and they were able to exercise the First Amendment, the Second Amendment of the Constitution. The black Panthers, they read the Constitution, they we can carry our arms and gave a little bit of a chill to people. Stokely Carmichael was black power, and Huey Newton uh, was with the, uh, the Black Panthers. And then, of course, they, then there was a lull and things, and Jesse Jackson comes along after the death of Dr. King, and he decides, well, let's call ourselves African-Americans. We'll stop being Negroes, stop being colored. I think if we name ourselves African-Americans, that's going to do the trick. So Jesse got out there, he got some press because he was Dr. King's lieutenant. And uh, they gave him some press and he was able to go. Then he ran for president and running for president in 1984. He named all uh, Negroes, African-Americans. And there we we go, African. We're no longer Negroes, no longer black. We're no longer colored. Now we're african Americans. under Jesse Jackson. This presidential bid, he didn't make it to the presidency, but he changed the course of the name of the people. Now, of course, we got, uh, after that, Jesse didn't make it, Obama ran, he wasn't black, he was half black, he was half baked, he was a sodomite, he was a pervert, his father was a communist, had communist blood in him, and his mama was white trash. And yet, because they had been through so many folds and enclaves and periods and decades of lunacy, the Hamite people, they accepted him, they, they went through, because I mean, you know, back in the 1940s or 1950s, nobody would have accepted Obama. I mean, they wouldn't spit on him. Not a true black man, not a true Hamite, a true candidate was known as a black man or a Negro. A true Negro would not have accepted Obama having a white mama in the 1940s and 50s and 60s. They would have done it, I can tell you. I lived in the 1960s, I knew the, know the movement, I, you know, I went to a Black Panther party meeting. You know, I, I I watched the black Muslims stand on the corner with the, you know, with Muhammad Speaks. Ain't no way the, the Negroes or black people would have accepted a half-baked piece of trash like Obama back in the 60s. But because they'd gone through so many periods and decades and enclaves of failure, they decided, all right, we'll accept this half-white man who can't get a full black man, who can't get a full Hamite or a full Canaanite, we'll accept a half-white one. And they did which points up to the the weakening and demoralization of the, and then they became African-Americans, that was a mess. And then after Obama's trick, nothing happened. There was no love demonstrated. There was no uplift. There was no progress. I mean, absolutely none. Then comes Black Lives Matter. Y'all think you get the idea. All of this blackness, all of these movements, and still young black men are being shot down in the street. Still the, the ghettos of America become more ghettoized. Still there's no real place in humanity of world leadership for the African-American, the Negro, the black, other colored man after all of these movements. So one would, and a black president, so one would have to then turn around and and at least ask the question whether or not you want to to hear me or not. You ought to be at least open-minded enough and objective enough to look at the progress of what the labels black or African has gotten you and where it's gotten you to. Are you better off? Are you do are are black men better fathers? I mean, are they better providers? Do they own their communities? Do they run their businesses? Do they own the enterprise? Are they on the world stage? Are they major manufacturers? Are they major movers and shakers in everything except or anything except rap or sports? I mean. When I come to you, and I'm going to keep coming at you, I'm not going to stop. When I come to you, you have to observe these things. Now let me go back and speak to Shem again. You know, the Shem, the Jews, are now under some uh, spell that teaching... One to honor being a Hamite and a Canaanite and to honor the Sabbath day, or, and what Jesus has said that Jerusalem is no longer a holy city, but it's a, it's a cesspool like Sodom and Egypt. Or that the synagogue of Satan, the people who say they're Jews, but are not. That's somehow or another. That's attacking the Jews. And they want to run off. They want to run off. Uh, but that, that, that you, you, you can only preach the word of God that they like, but you can't preach the word of, the word, the word of Jesus like. So well, I want to deal with that. And then you got Japheth, who is insecure as a man with diarrhea that he can't control. Sitting up in a major audience with no bathrooms nearby, and he's got diarrhea. That's how Japheth is acting now that I'm preaching about Hamites and Canaanites weaponizing under the Sabbath day and unifying. That is it that it is indeed the only weapon that can and will deliver. Black power didn't do it. Black pastors didn't do it. Black Lives Matter won't do it. Black president didn't do it. Being African-American didn't do it. Being Negro, being color, civil rights, it has all failed. So at the very least, all of y'all, Jew, Gentile, and, and, and Hamite, all just sit down and listen. We're running around here using the teachings that have failed. Listen to me, especially the Hamites and the Canaanites. Now, you know, the other thing I think is very important is that you ought to not let these swine-dancing preachers, you ought not to let them who have no anointing, and, and this is for Japheth as well, and for Shem. I can tell you this, if you're going to a Jewish synagogue or whatever it is they do today, there ain't no revelation in there. There's no spirit there. There's no anointing in hell. Benjamin Netanyahu is going to jail just like Tribulation Trump is going to jail. You know, they're not of God. You sit down in these Southern Baptist churches and there ain't no anointing in there. The preacher is depending on the choir and the orchestra. He's got kettle drums in there. He's got all kinds of light shows going on because he doesn't have a word from the Lord. He doesn't have a new message. You haven't heard that preacher in the Southern Baptist Church give a revelation or a message or anointed word of God in years. It's as dead as a doorknob, though the place is packed with people. And the same thing for the swine dancing churches. T.D. Jake doesn't have anything new to say. He doesn't have an anointed word to say. It's the same old, he's depending, they're all depending on the choir. They're hiring the best musicians, and then they're in movie stars like Tyler Perry and Oprah Winfrey, because they ain't got nothing to say. They're bringing movie stars to get the crowd riled up, or they're bringing a professional con man to come in and do some things and jiggle it, but ain't no word in that church. Ain't no anointing in that church. Ain't no power of God coming out these churches, and you know it. Hell, if you if you say we're gonna go on uh, a fast at Brooklyn Tabernacle, the choir's not gonna sing for six months. Hell, Brooklyn Tabernacle will fold up because Cymbala ain't got no word from God. He ain't preaching. That's a that's a music hall. It's a off-Broadway, Off-Broadway, Off-Fulton Street, uh, Concert Hall. Sembla ain't got no word from God. In Times Square Church is a place where people, first of all, they hang around Times Square and they, they, they like sightseers and freaks. Then they freak out in Times Square. No move up God. There ain't no move up God. So it's about time, as much as you would want to despise or reject, why are you rejecting the truth? Black power didn't get it. Where's black power now? I can tell you what still is. The word of God still is. I can tell you right now. The word of God, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days shall thou labor, and on the seventh day thou shalt do no work not your ox, nor your ass, nor your manservant, nor your maidservant, that even in, when the slave master told you that God told him that you were supposed to serve him, that Noah cursed Canaan, and Canaan's supposed to serve Shem and Japheth, and you'll have to say, yeah, but then you can come back and say, but yeah, God told Moses on the seventh day, I'm not your slave. And he also told you, after seven years of this madness of my being your slave, you would have set me free. That's the word of God, not black power. Martin King never taught that. He was over there teaching that Mahatma Gandhi, whatever that was over there, that Gandhi was teaching over yonder in India with the march to the sea and the salt mines. Hell, we ain't got no salt mines here. I mean, it's just the work of the devil keeping our children barefoot and keeping our fathers without adequate jobs and provision. Martin King marching for better jobs. Listen, the Polish, the Irish, the Jewish, the Italian, the Hungarian, they all provided jobs for each other. That's why they had jobs. You get a good Italian man, he opens up a restaurant, then they hire all of his cousins. You know the Polish or the Irish. He opened up a business and he hired all of his cousins. Well, until the Hispanic man gets the power to open up business, he ain't go, We ain't gonna never have a, a full measure of jobs unless you go for that affirmative action craziness. That equal then you got to make them make a man give you a job he don't want to hire you. You don't want to work for him. You got a mutual do not. But the civil rights, where you got to hire you, equal employment. That ain't the way the Irish did it, the Italians did it, the Jewish did it, the Hungarians did it, the Dutch did it. That ain't the way they did it. They did it the Bible way. Here you come. Here you come with Martin King, black power. Now you got Black Lives Matter. They ain't going to be around much longer. People have lost interest in that. And yet here I come with the truth to set you free. You need to listen. You got to get out to Sunday worship. Joseph had put a noose around your neck and a hook in your nose and told you to worship on Sunday. Japheth had lied to you here in Constantine and the Roman Catholic Church. They've lied to you and kept you in bondage for more than 1,400 years now. At least over in Africa before they came with the slave ships, the Muslims were teaching y'all to worship on Saturday, on the Sabbath day. You need to listen to me. Told y'all last week to go out there and make sure in the next 40 days you convert at least one person to Sabbath worship. First of all, you convert. Now you listen to listen to me. You need to hear what thus saith the Lord God Almighty, the word of God. You gotta get out these, take that noose off your neck and that hook out your nose and become a sabbath. Weaponize the canaanites and the Hamites here in America and in Africa and around the world. Weaponize, how you weaponize? With the weapon that will truly set you free. I mean, you can't argue that you're free now, you lost your neighborhoods, community, you're giving up Harlem, selling out your churches, you let your sons rap and cuss out their mamas and their sisters. I mean, you run around here. The men of the 1940s and the 1950s would have been ashamed of people like Al Sharpton, would have been ashamed of Charles Rangel, would have been ashamed of people voting for a half-baked white woman's son named Barack Obama they would have run you out of town on a rail here y'all running around here Jay-Z and Beyonce talking about vote for Obama they would have run you out of town on a rail when men were men then you run around here let Jesse Jackson tell you African America what the hell is that so God has sent the word I'm his messenger and you're not going to stop me, and we're going to succeed. You're going to finally get down on your knees and say, I need to hear Dr. Manning. Well, I know it ain't going to be easy. Well, it never was. It never has been. Your friends are not going to accept you. You're going to have trouble and struggle and trial, but at least you'll be marching to victory. Where you going now? Living hand to mouth? Ain't no Holy Ghost in your church? You got to make a lot of noise, jump up and down, hope the choir can sing, hope the choir can bring some sort of spirit in there because there ain't no revelation, there ain't no word up in there. Yeah, listen to Dr. Manning, God's messenger. You got a word to set you free, not from the U.S. Constitution, but from the word of God, the Sabbath day. And every Canaanite, We will not rest. Every Canaanite you know and every Hamite you know converts and honors the Sabbath day. We ain't working on the Sabbath day. We're going to honor it. We're going to worship on the Sabbath day. Y'all can do what you want to do on Sunday, but no, you need to listen to the Lord's servant. Ain't going to make you look bad. Don't run around here following that Sodomite TDJ. Trying to build a big church like his. Unless you're willing to lie and steal and connive like Eddie Long and crypto Low Dollar and sell out, you ain't going to get no big church. You need to listen to the word. In you know other words, it says that the Broadway is where all them people sit up in the Southern Baptist churches. Look at them Southern Baptist churches. They're as full as they can get. They're running three or four worship services on Sunday morning between 8 o'clock and 12 o'clock. They have four worship services, 5,000 people in each one of them. And still, there ain't no word. They're they as blind as bats up in there worshiping Tribulation Trump with 20,000 members coming. You can see that yourself. And then you need to stand up. That these Jews run around here because I preach the word of God, and now all of a sudden I'm attacking the Jew. No, I'm preaching the word. If you let if it's an attack, then let the shoe fit. But no, I'm going to preach Jesus. I'm going to preach what I've always done. I'll preach God's word. And Japheth is jealous. He's hoping to hell. Japheth going to spend money. He's going to troll me. He's gonna stop me, gonna get Mark Zuckerberg to shut down my, my Facebook page and, and Google to shut down YouTube. Because he knows if enough of y'all out there hear me, Mark Zuckerberg is gonna be in trouble. Bill Gates gonna be in trouble. He knows if y'all ever listen to me and line up between the and weaponize the Hamites and Canaanites with the Sabbath day all the way down there in Guyana, up in Aruba, St. Lucia, Dominica, all the way up in St. Kitts, up in uh, Puerto Rico, even in Cuba and everywhere else in between and all over the Hamite and Canaanite slave uh, America. He knows if you ever wake up He's gone. You can see how he's running now. He's running from the Mexicans. Look how Japheth is running from the Mexicans and running from the Muslims. He's scared as hell. He want to build a wall. But he ain't scared of you. Japheth is scared as hell. He wants to build a wall to stop the Mexicans and want to cut down the airlines and stop the Muslims. He's scared of y'all, Japheth. He's scared as hell. Well, he ain't scared of the Hamas, the Canaanites, but he's scared of the Mexicans and the Muslims. He's scared. If you ever wake up, that boy gonna have constant diarrhea. If you ever wake up and say, wait a minute, I ain't going to let nobody talk about Dr. Manning. I'm going to support him. The man's a stomp-down man. He's a brother. He's a shepherd. He's a man of God. He's anointed. He's on fire. He's got the word. He's the Lord's messenger. He's the Lord's servant. I'm going to listen to what he says. Stop listening to John Bryant, that lying freak up there in the African Methodist Episcopal Church. I'm going to listen to a man who's got a word in his mouth from God. Now, the Mexicans don't even have a leader, and Japheth, the white boys, are scared. They're scared of the Mexicans. They're scared of the Muslims. They want Trump to build a wall. They're all scared. They're scared. Now, what you going to do? God has sent me. I said, the Lord has sent me. You need to wake up and say, wait a minute wait a minute uh they tried to run down dr Mann, and they tried to talk him down tried to he's the man he's showing us stomp down brother he's telling us the truth and i am all right i am gonna keep on i'll let that settle in black power black panthers black muslims black lives matter black president civil rights NAACP, and look at you what you got but God says his word shall set you free. It's right there in the word. The same word. Now the Japheth man had enough sense when he recognized that when he brought y'all over here on them slave ships, that to keep you down, he had to put out the Bible. He could not put out the fact that he was white and say white power. He could not put out his hoods and his robes and say, Ku Klux Klan to keep y'all in power and, and, and slavery. He knew that that wouldn't get it. That boy, that Japheth boy, that plantation owner, that slave man, that Thomas Jefferson, they went and got the Bible and showed your nappy head in the Bible where God said that you're supposed to serve him. Where God said you're supposed to serve Japheth, you're supposed to serve Shem, and that quieted you down. That's right. Ask Nat Turner. He went and got the Bible and showed you why you're supposed to be slaves. slave. What you going to do after that? Because you believe God. So you sat down and went back to the cotton field, went back to the cabin and shut your mouth. Because the white man showed you in the Bible you're supposed to be a slave. And you shut up and sat down well i'm showing you in the bible where you're supposed to be free and yet you're running around here with td jakes and Dollar talking about a big church and a mega church and running around behind this half white half baked piece of trash called obama or the black panther or the black muslims or the african American Jesse Jackson, and none of them is showing you the Bible. I'm showing you the same Bible that the white man used to keep you in slavery. I'm showing you the Word of God that will take you out. It's called a Sabbath day. And now you got an attitude that me go listen to them. I'm the Lord's servant. The same word. The same Bible that kept you in slavery for 400 years that same bible is the only way you gonna get out black power black president civil rights affirmative action you must be crazy as hell some of y'all are so now here you need to go and say all right Gonna be rough because man, my people are crazy Lord <laughs> they worship that white man. They whatever he says, they go for it. But I'm gonna step out there and line up with Dr. Manning. I'm gonna line up with him, and I ain't gonna be afraid of how they persecute me, what they do to me, how they talk about me, the way they talk about him. But I see God is still with him. I believe that God will set me and I'm gonna tell everybody in my family, you we gonna do Sabbath day. We ain't doing this old, old this old Catholic Sunday stuff, old Catholic Roman Catholic. We ain't doing that. We ain't we ain't doing that no more. We're going to do what God said. We're going to be free. going to spread out throughout all of the islands down there. All of Hamite America is where we're going to do it. Yes, sir. Now I'll be back to talk to you more. I got a whole lot of things that we got to talk about. But go ahead now. Remember Were it not for the Bible, you never would have been slaves. And the only thing that's going to set you free is the word of God, not Martin Luther King, not Obama, not Jesse Jackson. The Bible is the only way that white man kept you in slavery to Jacob. That's the only way he kept you in. And the only way you're going to get out is through the same Bible, through the same word of God. I'm the Lord's servant. All right. Get out there now. First. Make the commitment you ain't stepping up in nobody's building on a sudden and no more. And you're going to tell, ask for you in your house. Y'all going to sabbath the Lord. Me? I'm James David Manning, everybody. I'm the Lord's. My friends, I want to invite you to our Easter worship service. The Holy Week will be ending, um, and the the 1st of April will be the Resurrection Day. Y'all refer to it as Easter, and I'll go ahead and talk your language for the time being. Uh, It is not a pagan holiday. It's respect of Jesus, having been on the cross, crucified, laid in the grave for three days, got up on Sunday morning, honoring the Sabbath before he got up out of the grave. It's going to happen this year on the 1st of April. Don't confuse it with April Fool's Day. (laughs) And um, we want to invite you to two worship services on that day. One at 7 o'clock in the morning and the other at 10 o'clock in the morning. And in between those two services, we're going to have a little light breakfast of some finger food and things that you can pick up, some juices and cheese and smoked salmon and onions and that kind of thing just quickly you can eat. And then we're going to the next worship. If at all possible... We're going to hold both of the worship services outdoors in our courtyard, if at all if the weather permitting. Now, if it's a bit chilly, we're going to have to go inside, which we will do. But if we get a warm temperature above 60 degrees on those mornings, uh, we'll 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 hold it on the outside. We're looking forward to holding it on the street and having a great time. But you're invited. There's going to be some some powerful, joyous gospel singing. I mean, there's going to be at least 10, 12 gospel songs that's just going to really just set your soul on fire. And then, of course, I'm going to do some preaching as well. And most of the singing will take place at the 10 o'clock worship, but some will take place at the 7 o'clock worship as well. And prior to that, on Good Friday, we're going to have worship as well and weather permitting. We're going to have it on the outside in the courtyard. Uh, And we will start at 12 noon to 3 o'clock. We'll have 7 preachers and this year the speakers are going to be all women that will be speaking the seven sayings from the cross. It'll be very exciting. I we've had all women once before maybe, I don't know, but we're definitely going to be doing it uh, on this coming Friday. Um, this coming Good Friday rather. So we're inviting you to come and be a part of it. Of course our Palm Sunday worship service is coming up this week. Um, so we want to invite you to come. It's going to be April the 1st. Don't get fooled with April Fool's Day at 7 o'clock in the morning. And if possible, it's going to be on the street. There will be seating that we'll have on the street if we have. If not, the weather's cool. Of course, we've said that. We'll be inside. There's going to be joyous, soulful gospel singing like you've never heard before. And then there'll be some stomp-down preaching by yours truly. That's at 7 o'clock and 10 o'clock on Easter Sunday. Amen. And then the Good Friday worship service, live in the New York area, come on to the Good Friday, get Good Friday off. Be here by 12 noon, because we start right on the dot with seven of the sayings from the cross. We'd love to have you come, participate, and be a part of it. And I want to read a letter to America. Now the letter that I'm going to read is from the book of Nahum, written by a prophet. It's three letters, or three chapters of a letter and not very many verses 40 or so verses so it won't take me very long but the letter was originally written to the canaanite city of of nineveh in assyria but i believe that this letter is most fitting and proper to be read to america today and i'm going to read it as best i possibly can i want to ask you to uh, go along with me, Mr. Engineer, you don't, you don't have to keep constantly the words up. You can interchange as has done gone, and time's gone by. But it's Nahum the prophet, and um, he writes this letter that I want to be read to all America and every appendage of America around the world. That this is from Almighty God, and this letter describes the passion of God towards this nation and towards all of its appendages. This is God speaking. It's being reused from the days of Nineveh to the day of our time. It says in verse 1 of chapter 1, the book of Nineveh, the burden of Nineveh, pardon me the book of the vision of Nahum the Elkishite, God is jealous and the Lord revenged. The Lord revenged and is furious. The Lord will take vengeance on his adversaries and he reserveth wrath for his enemies. The Lord is slow to anger and great in power and will not at all acquit the wicked. The Lord hath his way in the whirlwind and in the storm, and the clouds are the dust of his feet. He rebuketh the sea, and maketh it dry, and drieth up all the rivers. Bashan languisheth, and Carmel, and the flower of Lebanon languisheth. The mountains quake at him, and the hills melt. And the earth is burned at his presence. Yea, the world and all that dwell therein. Who can stand before his indignation? Who can abide in the fierceness of his anger? His fury is poured out like fire. And the rocks are thrown down by him. The Lord is good. A stronghold in the day of trouble. And he knoweth them that trust in him. Now that's to those of us who put our trust in him. But with an overrunning flood. He will make an utter end. Of the place thereof. And darkness shall pursue his enemies. What do you imagine against the Lord? He will make an utter end. Affliction shall not rise up the second time. For while they are forbidden together as thorns, and while they are drunken as drunkards, they shall be devoured as stubble fully dry. There is one cometh out of thee that... Imagine if evil against the Lord, a wicked counselor. Thus saith the Lord, Though they be quiet, likewise many, yet thus shall they be cut down, when he shall pass through. And though I have afflicted thee, I will afflict thee no more. For now will I break his yoke from off of thee, and will burst thy bonds in sunder. And the Lord hath given a commandment concerning thee, that no more of thy name be sown. And out of the house of thy gods will I cut off the graven image, and the molten image. I will make thy grave, for thou art vile. And here's a word to us. Behold upon the mountains the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, that publisheth peace. O Judah, keep thy solemn feasts, perform thy vows, for the wicked shall no more pass through thee. He is utterly cut off. He that dasheth in pieces is come up, before thy face, keep the munition, watch the way, make thy lawn strong, fortify thy power mightily. For the Lord hath turned away the excellency of Jacob as the excellency of Israel, for the enemies have emptied them out and marred their vine branches. The shield of his mighty men is made red. The valiant men are in scarlet. The chariot shall be with flaming torches in the day of his preparation. And the fir tree shall be utterly or terribly shaken. The chariot shall rage in the streets. They shall jostle one against another in the broad ways. Then shall seem like torches. They shall seem like torches, pardon me. They shall run like the lightnings. He shall recount his worthies. They shall stumble in their walk. They shall make haste to the wall thereof. And the defense shall be prepared. The gates of the river shall be opened and the palace shall be dissolved and Huzab shall be led away captive she shall be brought up and her maid shall lead her as with the voice of doves tabering upon their breasts but nineveh is of old like a pool of water yet they shall flee away Stand, stand, shall they cry, but none shall look back. Take ye the spoil of silver, take ye the spoil of gold, for thee, for there is none in of the store and glory out of all the pleasant furniture. She is empty and void and waste and the heart melted and the knees smite together and much pain is in all loins and the faces of them all gather blackness where is the dwelling of the lions and the feeding place of the young lions when the lion even the old lion walked and the lions wept and none made them afraid the lion did tear in pieces enough for his whelps and strangled for his lioness and filled his holes with prey and his dens with raven. Behold, I am against thee, saith the Lord of hosts, and I will burn her chariots in the smoke. and the I want to bow my knee once again and I want to recount the event of the flames outside of our church Um, and I want to ask the Lord to help me to communicate what I felt. Uh, The artist sees a sunflower uh, and he sees a sunset and he paints what we all see but he sees more deeply Um, I was in this church preaching and a number of members of this church rose up and turned their backs to my preaching and they began to pray and speak against me as the preacher and pastor and when I saw their actions I became furious and I ran from the pulpit to where they were and accosted them as to why they had turned their backs on me, why they were praying against me. And they argued biblically what their reasons were, and they were very proud of their reasons. And they were very staunch in what they were saying, and they were united against And as I was arguing with one of the men, there were men and women, as I was arguing with one of the men, I heard the sound of a strange organ. And then somebody said, look. And I looked. And outside of this church was a wall of fire. Flames leaping and dancing and licking. And when the person said, Look, all the people that had opposed me, that had turned their backs and that had prayed against me, were being drawn to the fire. The man I was arguing with no longer had any concern with me whatsoever, but in a gaze as if he was hypnotized, and all the others, they marched towards the flames. I have had a lot of experiences this is outside of the vision now and i've met the lord jesus christ and i know what that feels like i've never felt anything like what i felt when i saw that wall of flames one woman in particular had on a multicolored leather jacket green and red and splotches of colors And as they all were drawn to that flame as if they were hypnotized, she looked back as if she wanted to cry and say, save me. But I couldn't help her. And she couldn't speak. The man that left me and was drawn to the flames as well. And none could resist the flames as they went into that burning hell. And I... I I pondered, I spoke yesterday about this briefly. I pondered it all night last night. Because the feeling that I had when I saw those flames and how those people outside this church were drawn into that fire and they could not resist. There's nothing, they, they couldn't even speak. They just had to go. And so I asked the Lord early this morning, what does that mean? He didn't answer me, but what I've come to turn, because i never felt anything like that before. What I've come to understand, that it was death. I've never been dead before, so I don't know what it feels like. I don't know what it feels like to be just one breath away from death. And you can't stop it. You know it's coming. And maybe even after that breath has exhausted and you're dead, maybe there's still some ability to recognize that you're dead and you can't turn around. You can't turn around. You can't speak. You can't ask for help. And that's what it was. It was death. I've never felt that before. It doesn't feel good. I I, I can't explain to you what it's like but it was death that I felt as those people that had opposed me were now drawn but it wasn't just death it was death and hell combined you know I'm gonna say something or at least someone will say something a little bit later on this week that Jesus on the cross said my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Even Jesus didn't want to go to death and to hell. It is not a pleasant feeling. So many people you know have died. They have. They've gone on. But they all have gone through that. Not able to speak. Did they also go to hell? It's I'm not expressing this in any way as to promote myself. But I think it's important for all of us to recognize. You don't wanna die. Not even Jesus wanted to die. You don't wanna go to hell. I ain't never felt nothing like that. I've been high. I've had all kinds of experiences. So I, I thought that I would share that once again thinking perchance I was not as clear as I could have been when first sharing it. My friends, you don't wanna die. Not without Christ. And you don't wanna to go to hell. You, you don't wanna go there. I don't care how good whatever it is you're doing feels. I don't care how much the preacher tells you God loves you. I don't care what he says to you about doctrine. You don't want to go to hell. You don't want to go. And you don't want to die without Jesus. I don't have this as a word from the Lord. I'll just speak on it. But the wall of flames were outside this building. Inside here was safety. And God drew them out of here to the wall of flames. You can interpret that any way you want. You can say that your children going to the Baptist church is okay. They're in the wall of flames. You can do anything you want. Those you that march against us. Or you can get in a hurry and tell people they don't want to die. I'm telling you, you don't want that. But when it happens, there's nothing you do. You can't speak. You can't call for help. Once it happens, you'll never want to go there. And I have a sense of urgency, church, that we're living in, we're living in a times that's unspeakable. When I look at what they've done to my friend, Dr. Brian at the Legree Baptist Church, over there 125th, he preached in this pulpit, Dr. Latson, what devil has taken hold of these people? What devil has taken hold of them? What devil has taken hold? What? What devil has caused them to be as they are? I sent a note out this morning that Tribulation Trump is a public whore. A fellow wrote back to me that he's God's man for the hour. What devil? What devils? Have you ever seen or heard anything like this? What devils? It's safety in here. It's safe in here. The fire is out there. There's death and hell out there. There's life in here. I want to, I want to share that because I thought perchance I failed you somehow yesterday and I didn't fully explain I want to, my my friends, I, I need to let you know that I have a word in my mouth from Almighty God. It's a word never spoken by men nor angels until God Almighty spoke it unto me. Recently, we have been promoting uh, that the name Haiti is a word from the aboriginals, uh, that it is uh, meaning the original language, the original tongue that precedes precedes the uh, language of Shem or Japheth, uh, the, the, the term Haiti. But I have a word, and it's called Atla, and I now know why there is such a marriage between Haiti and Atla, because there are words that have never been used by Shem or by Japheth, that these words are even... Succeed or precede the words used in, in the Hebrew language that Moses used, or any of the words that were used in Aramaic that Jesus used. Atla and Haiti are unique words uh, that only the Almighty, they are from the original tongue, from the original language, from the original man. Atla and Haiti. And I've got that word in my mouth for some time now. I was trying to discover well what was it about Haiti because I've traveled the world. I've been to Ethiopia, whose poverty I think is perhaps worse than Haiti. I've, you know, I've been to Liberia. I've been to South Africa. I've seen what happened there during the time of the uh, the apartheid regime. And uh, but now I know it is it is the the word and it is the power of the words that succeed or precede the use by Shem or Japheth, that he did not know these words and does not own them, that they are words of freedom and independence. Atma is a word of independence, of freedom from Japheth or from Shem. And Haiti is as well by Dessalines and also Toussaint overture and a council there uh, and what was then known as Saint Dominique, the name of some French sissy priest. And Toussaint Overture and Thessalonians and the Haitian Council said we will not be named by a a priest out of France. And they chose a word from the original tongue, a word that pre, that precedes both the Jewish, Hebrew, and Aramaic, and English language and tongue, Haiti. Atla, that's what God said. Now, having said that, I've been teaching, and many of you have been listening to me for many years, and that's good. But I need to let you know that uh, the words that I have in my mouth will bless you, and you need to step up in the blessing by your giving and your loving and your praying and your support of this ministry need to pray for me. When you pray for anything, even if you're standing at the hospital praying for someone with cancer, you need to pray that God will let me preach because I can heal cancer from this chair that I'm in right now through this camera lens. I can speak a word in you and get you excited about God. And when you visit your mother or your relative in the cancer ward, having watched me through this camera lens and a fire and a confidence has welled up in you. You can drop it on your loved one, your grandmother, your mother. uh, They're in that cancer ward, and they can be healed. You need to pray for me. When you pray for me, you open up your heart for me to come inside and dwell inside of you. When you pray for me. And when you give to the ministry, or to me in particular, you open up the opportunity to receive from places that should be given unto you and whatever that you stand or have need of. Now listen to me once again. When you pray for me, you open up the opportunity for me to come in into your heart and to be in your life, to be in that hospital room or be in that daycare center or to be on that job or to be in that circumstance where you need the anointing of God to be in your life. When you pray for me, that's what takes place. Now, I'm going to talk to you more as the days go on about your giving, Don't be as one of those who just don't want to give. They know that I am a good man. They know it. They know I'm a faithful man. They know it. They know I'm a righteous man. They know it. But Satan has been able to hold on to just this one place of evil inside of them where they just don't want to give. And they know that they could and they know that they should so don't let that devil do that to you give and god will give you anointings and powers that you can go into circumstances and be victorious don't let the devil deceive you i'm the lord's servant i'm i'm here to speak a word into your life so you can speak a word into the life of those around you praise almighty god you know how to give go online. Don't let that devil tell you not to give to this minister that you can't. Don't lie. Don't you lie to God. Don't lie to God and tell God you can't do it. Don't lie to God. Don't let the devil tell you to lie to God and say that you can't. Don't let the devil tell you to lie to God. Give because you know you can. It'll make a junkie, say Jesus is Lord. I got a word in my mouth. I got a word, 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 word word in my mouth. Well, my friends, the much-awaited uh, 60 Minutes uh, interview uh, of Stormy Daniels by Anderson Cooper did happen last night. After a bit of a delay in as much as Duke was playing Kansas City basketball team, and, uh, and of course, there was a half-hour delay. They went into overtime, but finally it got underway. We were able to see the much-awaited uh, interview. Now, a couple of things I observed. Stormy Daniels look markedly different, uh, to look more reserved and a little less dolled up on uh, last night um, on 60 Minutes when she appeared. Uh, normally she's a little bit more glamorous and whatever it is that they do that they do when they do what they do. But yeah, it finally went on last night and I I found the in, the interview quite interesting. I thought they were going to consume the most of the hour. They did not. But Anderson Cooper seemed to be at his most Walter Cronkite professional, uh, Edward R. Murrow professional position as he went forward last night and as he was making those questions known. There are a couple of things that stuck out to me. One was is that, uh, as Stormy said on her first meeting with Tribulation Trump, they were in the room and he was getting things ready for, you know, their sexual encounter. I don't know whether or not she was and that he was his 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 line was to talk about himself in the magazine where he was on a cover of it. And she immediately stopped and grabbed hold of him and told him, Is that the way you is that your line? Is that how you get your women by talking about yourself? And she took the magazine from her and rolled it up and told him to drop your pants, and he did. He pulled down his pants and turned his derriere around to her, and she spanked him. I got it right here. I'm going to ask the engineer to go ahead and roll that that segment. All right. Okay. Well, at least it happened that she was sold to to spank the now president. You know. I think that when I see Trump from now on, and I think when you see him as well, is that you need to remember him as the man that got spanked by a porn star. I mean, there are a lot of things we can think about Trump. We can think about Trump Tower. We can think about one thing or the other uh, of Trump. But I, I think that we can now see him. I want all children, all children who have ever been spanked, Uh, know that the President of America has been spanked by a porn star. And and let's not ever forget that she spanked his butt, that he dropped his pants and she spanked him. I thought that was very interesting. I woke up when I heard that. But that was something else I thought was very interesting as well uh, in the interview that Anderson Cooper elicited from her. And that was, she was 27 years old at the time, and I think Trump was in his 60s, and he said to her the same thing he said to the McDougal uh, playmate, playboy playmate, was that Stormy, tribulation Trump said that Stormy reminded uh, him of his daughter, Ivanka, now, I'm going to take this to its to furthest degree. I don't have to be right about this, and I'll leave the opportunity for you to reject if I make some suggestions that perchance you may think may not be valid. But I'm thinking to myself, I know that when Trump first start when he first came on the scene with this presidential bid and Ivanka hanging around and everything, Uh, And being so close and he being so affectionate towards her uh, when they embraced or when they met or uh, that many of us. And we could be wrong on this. We could very well be wrong. But many of us thought that perhaps that he was having sex with her. You know, a lot of these Japheth men have sex with their daughters. I pushed back on that initially that he wasn't having sex with Ivanka because he didn't raise her. You know, if you're going to have sex with your daughter, usually it starts, you know, when they're nine, ten years old. That's usually when Japheth, and, and Hamites <coughs> do the same thing, and Shemites do the same thing. I shouldn't make this simply a Japheth sin or act, but because he didn't raise her, she was raised by her mother, uh and they may have had some times when she came over to the house for the weekend or that kind of thing on summer vacation and i don't know but i was going to push back that maybe not but it just kept looking so obvious that ivanka and trump were in some sort of an incestuous relationship and i don't know that they are and if you say pastor no that's not right he's just very affectionate towards her and she's just very affectionate towards him. okay we can jiggy with that but now i, I mean who what man tells a woman he's having sex with that she reminds him of his daughter. I, I mean, I'm looking from this point of view, okay? So, you, of course, you can disagree with me any way you want on this, and we're not gonna fall out. But, you know, I was watching some some comedy thing the other day, uh, well, some time ago or the other day, and this brother was having, it was on television, they wanted the sheets and the covers and the bed, and this brother, Called this woman he was having sex with by the name of his old girlfriend. Woo! Did she get mad? Ha! You know he called the name of his old girlfriend while having sex with somebody. And and so I'm thinking that. So I was thinking, and, and, and you know, you will correct me. I'll I will even allow you to put a correction. I'm saying, Pastor, you know, listen, uh, that ain't what. But when I heard Tribulation Trump say to the McDougal woman and to uh uh uh. uh uh, the stormy that she or uh, they remind him of Ivanka. I'm thinking, is this sexual? And no, that doesn't have to be. I said it doesn't have to be. But is this sexual? Is that that they remind him of Ivanka because of the the sexual part of it? I, I don't. I don't. I don't understand that, but I do think this, that there's something worthwhile looking into, and then my other question was this, was that, all right, uh, if the, uh, you know, she, these two women who, um, they look different as far as I'm concerned, they both come out of a. I noticed that Trump likes women coming from a, a certain profession, even Melania. You know, she comes from a certain profession. She's not necessary. You know, she wasn't a school teacher, She wasn't none. She, you know, she comes out of the modeling business. She was a professional modeler on the cover of several big time Italian uh, magazines. So I, I'm, I'm trying to discover, you know, he likes that. Like, I guess he likes women. Who a lot of men like, and I don't want to take this too far. I don't want to go too far afield of this, but no, the the, the the interview took place. So now, what I was able to glean from that interview last night, because Anderson Cooper took a pretty big shot at hosting a a sex uh, program last night, and he steered clear of that, and tried to stay on the facts of Trump and the the fact that the uh, that, uh, that Stormy was threatened. That uh, that when she first made uh, a fifteen when there was a fifteen thousand dollar offer made to her uh, back in two thousand eleven, she was threatened by some goon. And then of course they, you know, Michael Cohen paid one hundred thirty thousand dollars. But my 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 concern about this whole process is that okay, uh, she was threatened and with fifteen thousand dollars. She was going to go public on this, and and, and Trump bought her off. Uh, but the other thing I thought was very interesting, it was news to me, that they only had sexual intercourse one time. She said that Trump invited her back to the Beverly Hills, he called her and texted her or whatever it was, back to the Beverly Hills Hotel, to his private bungalow there at Beverly Hills. And, uh, but first she said, he made her watch four hours of Shark Tank or Shark Week or something. I don't even know what that is. You know what that is? I don't, I don't know what it is. Shark Tank, Shark Week. The guy likes sharks. I mean, he's looking at like a kid with, with uh, you know with a PlayStation or something. I don't know what it is. that what she said or something like that? And then after watching sharks for... Four hours, then he wanted to, you know, have sex with her. So I'm thinking to myself, you know, after you say, well, Pastor, man, you come on now. Come on, Pastor, man, you need to go back to prayer because your mind shouldn't have gone there. OK, all right. I'll let you say that. But sometimes does, does watching sharks get him sexually aroused? I don't know. Anyway, she said after watching four hours, I think it was four hours, maybe it was one hour, two hours of, of sharks that he wanted to have sex with her. I mean, and she said no. She said no. She said, What's, what's happening with you? are supposed to get me on the apprentice. He said, Well, I ain't got it worked out yet. She said, When you get it worked out, call me. She got up and walked out. That's what, she, that's what I heard she said say, say last night. So, I mean, all right, okay. So it happened last night. So I hear, and here's my takeaway the, from now on, when I see Trump, I'm going to say, Spank that rump. <laughs> that rump (laughs) of Tribulation Trump. (laughs) I shall stay spank that rump of Tribulation Trump. (laughs) Drop them pants, do it quick. Drop them pants, do it fast. Drop them pants while watching Shark Tank. (laughs) And spank that rump. (laughs) Shark Tank as I spank. (laughs) All school children from now on Every time you see your President Trump, remember, he had his butt spanked by a porn star. She spanked that butt. Spank it, spank it, spank it, spank it, spank it, spank it, Stormy. Spank that butt. Spank that rump of Tribulation Trump. Me, I'm James David Manning, everybody. I'm the Lord, sir. no hell no hell no why should I pay them taxes after I'm doing them a great service because we weren't here to do it the city would have to come in and feed and educate these children we don't get a dime from the city the state nor the federal government not one dime not one dime from any of them demons not one dime comes to to cook that food not one dime every bit of it comes from the tithe and the offering and and they say after we serve all these meals, educate all these children, keep people out of prison, counsel husbands and wives, they say I should pay them taxes also. No! No, we're not paying them any taxes. Why should we? And that's why the tax exemption for churches and charitable organizations was set up in the first place. Because churches do work that ostensibly The state or the government doesn't have to do. We've come come to announce announce the tribulation, tribulation. the massive massive killing killing machine 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 of the the unrepentant. unrepentant. The massive massive killing killing machine machine. machine. that God God will use. War, War. War. rumors of war, war. Earthquakes. earthquakes and this place. famines, and pestilence. You know, when you know, God, God killed, killed off that crowd, crowd during the days of days Noah, of the preacher of righteousness, righteousness the, Bible the Bible says, says. when God, God killed God off killed that crowd, crowd, he only used the, the flood. But this and is a massive, massive killing machine, machine in, this, in modern this modern day. day. God, God has put, God put to work, work. Driftwitch, Drift. the rocks, rock, the rat, the, the famine. All, all of which will pursue, will you, pursue you, you and hunt you, down hunt you down until you are until dead. dead, and what will, and what will be, what be left, left, left will be the will be elect. Be the elect. My friends, can I pull you up close to give you a gold nugget by way of the anointed Holy Ghost, the word of God. Never let the devil tell you to lie to God or to lie on his word or to lie to his servant. Run away, go hide, go into a cave, go into a coma, But whatever you do, don't lie to God. And here's a lie that a lot of people tell. A lot of people say that they can't give anything to support the ministry that we do. You know, I'm not just a news commentator, but I also uh, pastor of a church and I teach and preach the word of God. And a lot of people say that they can't give, that they don't have anything to give. Many do. And then a lot who can give say they're not going to give for various and sundry reasons. Uh, even though they, and they love the teaching that I do, they really do, and they, they are blessed by it. But they say, well, I'm not going to give because he wears a nice suit or he has on a nice tie. And I think that before, I, if, if he would, if he looked like he was poor and he looked like he was disheveled and uh, didn't have a great appearance, perhaps I would get. It, it doesn't guarantee that they would give. But one of the reasons why they're not going to give is because he looks like he's doing okay he's got on a nice shirt and a nice tie. And I don't. I, I think you're supposed to be poor looking. I think you ought to be you know a lot of people have that spirit about them and and then others just don't want to give because they don't want to see any progress they 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 themselves are not comfortable why wow, they got tons of money sitting in their bank accounts sitting in 401k programs they've got more than one automobile two or three that 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 not used. by the way I, I, I need to put forth a call here. I'm coming back to the, uh, to the, to the giving and lying, but I need to put forth a call. We need a RV. Do you have a recreational vehicle that you, you know you're just not using it anymore? We need it, and here's what we're gonna do with it. We need it, and we're gonna make it a mobile classroom. Here in New York City for our high school students, where it can be parked on the street, and we can use it to teach classes. But it would also can use it to go to various museums, uh, various science exhibits, various conferences, and various kinds of educational things. That right now we have to get on the train here in New York City, or get the New York City bus uh, school bus system. Uh, to give us a, a bus for the day. We're going to a college, or taking our kids to a college, or children to a college. We need a recreation vehicle. Do you have one? You can donate to our ministry. We would love that. And if you don't mind, it, it, so we can use it will be used as a classroom. And then, of course, we need a bus, a passenger bus that can be used. That's not as desperately needed as the RV. We need an RV right away. If you have one and you're not using it, give it to us. Uh, And we can use a van and we can use a pickup truck. Those three things for the ministry. Uh, We bring in groceries. Uh, We have to go food shopping every day for the breakfast program, supplies sheetrock. We're constantly building and renewing and doing things here at the church. And we need a pickup truck. And we need a light van to be able to move some of the members around, some of the senior members who uh, we don't want them out late at night, uh, that we can move them around and with one passenger van or two. So we need an RV for our classrooms. If you have one, give it to us, you know, and the bigger, the better. We're going to put computers in it. We're going to wire it for a computer. We're going to uh, wi Fi. We're going to put with all the spectrum, all, everything, and wherever, wherever we travel, wherever we travel with the students, they will be online. Each one of the desks will have a computer port. It'll have a, a, a hook a hook up. You know what I'm talking about. We can put as many as 18 to 20 computer ports for students on that RV with a driver. We need one. Do you have one? Would you please donate? Now, before I go, we also need a contractor who has made it. You've done well, and oh, God bless you. I mean, you're down in Texas or someplace Oklahoma. You're up there in New Hampshire or somewhere as a contractor, and God has really blessed you. I need you to come down here and work on the roof of our building. We've been trying to raise money. We're still a million dollars short. But I need you to come down here and we'll fix a nice meal for you. You bring your crew of men down here. We'll feed them and everything. And uh, we'll put them up in a hotel or find housing for them somewhere or another. And you fix our roof for us. You're a contractor. You you fix our roof. I need to let you know these things. Now, you know, a lot of people say, well, I ain't going to give to him because he wears a nice suit. Well, I mean, that's no reason. What's in my heart? God doesn't look at the outward appearance, my friends. Why are you doing that? The Bible says that God looks at the heart. If you look directly at my heart, you know I got a good heart. You know, I, you know, I talk a lot, but I tell you, I, I, I know if you just take the time, you know I have a good heart. You know that. Don't be looking at my. And I got good suits, too. But I bought them 25 years ago when they were on sale for next to nothing. I bought a stack of them. I haven't bought a new suit in over 20 years, nor a new pair of shoes in over 20 years. Well, maybe shoes, yeah. But, you know, 20 years, 25 years ago, I got suits that are 25 years old, boots that are 25 years old. So they do look good because, you know, I take good care of them. So don't let that stop you. Don't look at the outward appearance. Right? He go wearing them nice suits. No, don't look at the outward appearance. Look at the man's heart. Come on now, you don't learn so much in the Bible from listening to me. That it ain't even funny how much you. I mean, I'll tell you the truth. You were in the Southern Baptist Church and you evangelicals listen all them people on social media for years, and they taught you some really nice things, some how to win friends and influence people. But I mean, since you've been listening to to the Lord and the word in my mouth. You have learned so much about the Bible and so much about the world. You've learned. Just listen to me. for. And you grew up in the church. Many of y'all had pastors and grandfathers that were, fathers and grandfathers that were pastors. So come on now. We need an RV. Come on. Anybody out there? We got high school students that we need to move them around. And uh, if we can get two RVs, now I said, Pastor man, you're over sporting this Well, I'm going to go ahead. The Bible says, "The ashes shall receive." We don't have a science lab here in our building for Bunsen burners and chemical makeup and everything. The fire department won't let us have a science lab here in our property with Bunsen burners and chemicals and all that kind of stuff, right? But. If we can get a second R-O-V, we can strip that bad boy out and make it a science lab. You know we can we can hook up a gas tank took and many of the RVs already have gas tank. We can do Bunsen burners, we can have chemical uh you know, analysis and it, it can be a science lab. we don't have one right now. We used to use an upschool science lab. They went out of business. Thank God we're still in business at the very least. Come on, y'all hear me, you can do this. So we need RV, possibly second RV for science lab. Uh, we uh, need a contractor to come and look at our roof situation, and we a van and a truck, and then we need everybody to give. You know, I've been a pastor for 35 years, you know I heard a lot of stuff. Can I tell you that when you see me standing up there in the pulpit of power, or when you see me talking here on the Manning reporter, trusting all that. You know who's paying the bills for this? These cameras, these lights, these computers, these men that are working, these women that are working. You know who's paying the bill for that? Mother Cooper. Who's Mother Cooper? Mother Cooper, she comes from South Carolina. Uh, she used to use a day, had a daycare center called Zion Daycare, but she became uh, ill and unable to run around with all those children. So now all she gets is $700 a month from Social Security. She lives in the city projects, the Martin Luther King Jr. projects, Mother Cooper. And all she gets to feed herself, to take care of herself, to get back and forth to church and, you know, whatever cleaning she has to do is all she gets is $700 a month, Mother Cooper. But yet, Mother Cooper, Give $70 a month to the church so we can pay the light bills, buy the cameras, buy the film and the tapes and run the computers and and do the things that we need to do. Mother Cooper. Now, you tell me, you tell me, how can you sit there and say you don't have anything to give when all Mother Cooper gets is $700 a month? Don't let the devil tell you the lie to God. I, You know, some of y'all ought to be really scared. If you have lied to God by saying I can't do it or I'm not going to do it and God knows in your heart the reason why you don't do it is because you are jealous or you're mad or you, you know, one thing, or you don't like my suits or something like that. Go back, even if you don't ever give anything to me, go back and and, and repent and tell God you're sorry you did that, you lied to him. Tell it. And, and there may be a time if you pray, God will show you that he gave you something to give to me and you went and spent it on somebody else. And you want to get that right with God. You want to tell him, sorry, Lord, I'm sorry. I lied, Lord, I lied and I stole and I didn't know you were looking at me. But the good Dr. Manning has come along and now he's teaching me to let me know I lied. I lied and said I couldn't do it. I lied because I didn't want to do it. I just lied. And I'm not hurting Dr. Manning. I become a liar because I don't want to help him. Two things. One, I don't want to help him, and two, I become a liar because if the truth be told, I can help him. He has rebuked me and put me in my place. He ain't scared of me. Dr. Manning ain't scared of me and the horse I rode in on. So go ahead now. So what we need. Y'all got it right here. I'm I'm gone. We need um we need RV. Well, we'll get two, you know, it's gonna be just pass me ask for two. What well, do you ask for two? One for the students to roll around in and hold a classroom, the other for a science lab, two RVs, right? We will use a van and a truck, a pickup truck so we can bring back materials sheet rock and nails and boards and all that kind of stuff they run around all the time doing that buckets of compound and paint and all that stuff we do all the time grocery shopping right and then we're asked maybe there's a contractor say well uh you're a contractor in new hampshire you're in wisconsin or someplace you're gonna come down here and you're gonna spend a few months down here to help us put a new roof on our building, 'cause we 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 got you know we're trying to raise this million dollars. Now some of y'all can give you can just go. So Pastor, I, ain't, I don't have any of those things, but I'm gonna send you. I got some old watches and wedding bands and rings and 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 a whole lot of stuff that uh, well I don't use it anymore. I don't even need it anymore. It's just sitting there, and uh, I I figured I can send it down there to you. I got a gold watch, you know. uh, I, they gave it to me when I left my job. I, I was on my job for 40 years. I don't even wear it anymore. I got a I got a new watch with a little more fangled. This is gold. I don't even want, want that gold band and everything, but I'll send it to you. You might have some necklaces or some things like that, uh, you know, that you're just not using it anymore. If you're not using it, put it to use for the Lord. You know I got these children down here. You know I do. You know I do. Right? All right. So I so. How soon can we get them RVs up in here? Boy, I'll tell you, if we get two RVs, we're going to dedicate them things to Jesus. And Lord have mercy, we're going to make the devil mad when we dedicate that science lab. Praise the Lord. All right, everybody, I'm James Evan Manning. I'm the Lord's servant. I'll be right back. Uh, One more question. I promise not to bother you any further. Don't bother me no more. Question is are you are you happy? Are you happier now? Um, actually, ever since I became like real popular, I'm not really that happy, to be honest with you, because you have people like you all the time judging me. When I was when I was. Me and judging nobody you, knew me. Uh, no, you. you, you, you judge. You judge. How do you, you think judge he you judge Beyonce? Like you me. judge Beyonce. Like you have I'm, people like you always judging me, and it's just like it's hurtful. It's 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 annoying, and I can't stand it. And, and it's How so crazy because you? I make. How did I judge you? You're you're biased, and I I'm not going to blame I, you for I'm that. I'm expressing a I, point of view. I am not you're gonna, judging me. You're, you're judging me. I'm not I'm expressing I'm, a. Cardi, point of is he allowed view. to have his. Is everybody allowed, allowed to have to their have point have of view? Opinion. I'm just telling you my opinion. That's what I'm saying. Your opinion is okay. You could do it. But you want to sign do they know I've survived some of the most brutal attacks, death threats, fire bombings, lies, assaults. They know I'm in here. They know I'm in. They know I'm in, they know I'm in here. They know there's a man in here. James Brown said, open up the door and let a man come in. They know there's a man in here. There's a man in this. They know it. There's a man in this church. They know it. They stood up to Obama and didn't back up. Marched against her. They know there's a man. There's a scope down. There's a man in this house. They know it. And not they don't come in there because they don't agree. They don't want to come in here because they know they're going to come in and meet a man. They walk by. They feel the vibrations of the church. They feel the vibrations of the bill. There's a man in here. Look at him! Look at him! This man. Couldn't beat him. Police couldn't beat him. Obama couldn't beat him. Prison couldn't keep him. Desertion. People running away. And he's still preaching. Recently, uh, Tripp's lead lawyer, Dobbs, has resigned, uh, withdrawn his uh, lead lawyer of the team of Ty Cobbs and Jay Sekulow. Uh, and has retreated from the the Trump Russia probe uh, law p- defense for Trump. Trump then, before he did that, Trump had talked with a lawyer by the name of uh, DeGeneva uh, and his wife Victoria. I don't know whether she was coming on board or not, but DeGeneva has been on Fox News quite a bit, uh, and he is a kind of a you know lawyer that. Likes to run a lot of conspiracy theories. You know, he runs right into that conspiracy group, and uh, we understand that over the weekend that the the Geneva attorney, uh, or either he or both of them, made the decision that it was not going to be a match, and that he was not going to serve. So right now, Trump just has Ty Cobb's and Jay Sekulow facing some very piercing questions that Mueller has even given him a heads up on. That demonstrates that Trump is looking more at the obstruction of justice, uh, that he wants to know about the meeting uh, in Trump Tower on June 9th with Vista and Don Jr. He wants to know about the compilation and composing of the letter on Air Force One coming back from the G20 summit. He wants to know about the firing of Comey and the firing of um, of uh, Flynn, Mike Flynn. Now, I'm not an attorney, but I've looked at these. I've taken some time to digest why is it uh, that, that Mueller is going in this direction? And a lot of people are saying there is no collusion. But can I just say something to you and I promise not to inflict myself upon you any further? Let's say, for instance, I'm Robert Mueller, right? And the one thing that Tribulation Trump has been doing is saying there is no collusion. He doesn't go anywhere near the no obstruction business. But he, And all of the people out there in the East, the Alex Jones, the Sean Hannitys, and the Janine Pirroes, and all these people out there, the Trump supporters, no collusion, no collusion, right? Okay. But let's say, for instance, that you asked, you've already had people come in and been interviewed on the meeting at Trump Tower where uh the Russian lawyer said we've got some dirt on Hillary and Don Jr says I love it bring it in and they had a meeting Jared was there I mean it was like a, it was a trap everybody Paul Manafort was there Jared Kushner was there uh, Steve Bannon was there uh, I mean it was a trap I'm sorry Bannon was not there pardon me. But everybody, that's somebody that's big in the Trump organization, Don Jr. was there. And so we had them all at one time sticking their fingers in a pot that was gonna trap, clamp, slap, uh, clam on them. Trap them, right? I mean, it's like perfect. I mean, think about it for just a second. You had everybody at the table that was close to Trump. You had had Don Jr., you had Jarrett, you had Paul Manafort, I mean, everybody that you want that's close to Trump, as close can get, you had them at the table at one setting, all in one place at one time. Right? So you're Robert Mueller. You're looking at this. You know, you don't have to prove collusion. Of course, you're going to prove it. You're going to demonstrate that nine ways that there's going to be more collusion proof than you can find that you can shake a stick at when all is said and done. But just for a second for Sean Hannity and Alex Jones and all that other crowd out there defending this maniac, I mean, think about the consequences of putting all those people together with a Russian operative, two Russian operatives at the same time on the same day. Your campaign manager, your son-in-law and your son, you got them. You got them. You got them all at the table on the same day. So that's nailed down. And then again, you're Robert Mueller, right? And then when the New York Times and others began to question about that meeting, of which Don Jr. and, and, and Jared and Manafort never confessed on their their foreign agent's uh, requirement form for security clearance. They never told anybody about that meeting. Now that it's broken in the Times and is new and a letter is being sent and being composed by Tribulation Trump to throw people off the set, to actually lie about the context of the meeting and who was there. And Trump composed the letter that even Hope Hicks said that, well, yeah, no, if the emails are found, they're gonna know this letter's a lie. That's a forgery, that it's a lie to the FBI. But Hope Hicks said, no, they'll never find out. we won't bury those emails, but the emails weren't found. So you got those two things, right? Now think about this for just a second. Think about whether you like Trump or don't like him, whether you hate me or don't hate me, think about this. I mean, you got all of them sitting at the table at the same time. Now regarding that same table meeting, Trump has lied and said it didn't take place. Come on now, you gotta give me some credit. That's pretty brilliant law work. You got your son-in-law, you got your son, you got your campaign manager, you got two Russian operatives sitting at the table under the pretense of giving some campaign information about Hillary Clinton that was not, not just opposition research because it was coming from a foreign agent, coming from a foreign entity. You can't do that. You can't do that. That's against the law, right? And then when it was discovered that it took place because you knew it was against the law. You didn't want anybody to know about it. Trump tried to obfuscate it by lying about the meeting and sending a letter out to the official, the FBI and everybody else, which then put, put a lie about the meeting. So now you got him. I mean, you got him lying about a meeting that we're not supposed to have, right? I mean, what else do you need? That's it. The game's over with. So after that, Comey gets fired, right? Comey gets fired. No, I'm first. Flynn gets fired because Flynn is the one that set up the meeting. Flynn is the one that had the close contact with Russia. Flynn is the one who was actually able to shake hands with Vladimir Putin and speak on his behalf and sit down at a at a, a, a dinner of of of, of uh, whatever it is that they eat over there in Russia. I'm trying to think of what that thing is, fish eggs that they eat. Anyway, so, so caviar, <laughs> Russian caviar and Russian vodka, what was I trying to think? It's caviar, caviar, caviar. So Flynn is eating caviar with Vladimir Putin. Everybody got a picture of it. They see him right there. He's, he's grinning like a Cheshire cat. Right? And so you want to know, but well, why did you fire Flynn? And moreover, why didn't you fire him? And this is the thing that's going to get Vice President Pence because I ain't going to let that snake get away. Vice President Pence went on... on meet the press and said he didn't know anything about the fact that Flynn was not truthful about his agency with Russia and whether he had taken money and then come to find out that the lawyer for the, uh, the attorney general on the Obama administration had informed Trump and Pence that uh, Mike Flynn was a foreign agent. He lied, Mike Pence lied to meet the press, so he got him. Right. And then, of course, after firing, why did you take so long after you knew that he had lied? After you knew that he had contact, then why didn't you fire him right away? You waited two weeks later before you fired him, knowing that he had lied, knowing that he was an agent for Russia. And then, of course, to stop the investigation from going further, you fired the FBI director, James Comey. That's all you need. Now there's a whole lot of other stuff. There's so much stuff, you can get 10 encyclopedias out of all the research and all the indictments that's gonna come forth. But those four right there, I mean, if you think about it for just a second, you may not like me, or you may not like, the fact, that I'm doing not, not like me, but you, know, you may want to see Trump get, get free. But I mean, if you seriously sit down and look at, the facts not fake news not anything anybody's claiming just look at the four questions that Mueller has sent to Trump to tell you this is what I'm going to ask you boy when you come over here I said case closed I mean case is closed he fired Comey he told Lester Holtz I fired him because of the Russia investigation he told uh, uh, Sergey and Lavrov, he said, I fired Comey because they were investigating me and you. Case closed. <laughs> this ain't fake news. Case closed. And then my son and my son-in-law uh, uh, met with, uh, my campaign manager, met with a Russian operative to put dirt on Hillary. Case closed. And then I lied about it to try to throw the FBI off the set. There's nothing else. <laughs> There's really nothing else to talk about. No, I mean, not really. Okay, all right. If you say, you say nothing going to come of this, you 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 really, you got high hopes. You got high up in the sky hopes. You got, I mean, if you think that, if you think that Mueller ain't busted that boy, and he's busted, he's guilty. Anyway, so no lawyer wants to handle a case now, and I can understand why. Not that they couldn't possibly obfuscate to work out a deal, get him off, find some loopholes, etc. cetera. But Trump is a maniac. You know, he, 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 wants, he wants to be his own lawyer. He, 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 you can't tell him what to do. So his lawyer Dobbs Dobbs said, I'm gone. I'll, I'll see y'all later. And nobody else. Let's see who we can hire. I, I don't know if he's gonna be able to hire anybody. This the Geneva guy was a real freak. He was a Fox News freak, which is another thing. We have to deal with Fox after we get rid of Obama. I mean, Trump, we gotta deal with Fox. Hello, everybody, I'm James Avery Manning. I'm the Lord's servant. And I'll be right back. My friends, I want to invite you to our Easter worship service. The Holy Week will be ending. Um, and uh, the 1st of April will be the Resurrection Day. Y'all refer to it as Easter. And I'll go ahead and talk your language for the time being. It is not a pagan holiday. It's respect of Jesus having been on the cross, crucified, laid in the grave for three days, got up on Sunday morning, honoring the Sabbath before he got up out of the grave. It's going to happen this year on the 1st of April. Don't confuse it with April Fool's Day. (laughs) And um, we want to invite you to two worship services on that day one at 7 o'clock in the morning and the other at 10 o'clock in the morning. And in between those two services, we're gonna have a little light breakfast of some finger food and things that you could pick up, some juices and cheese and smoked salmon and onions and that kind of thing, just as quickly you can eat. And then we're going to the next worship. If at all possible, we're gonna hold both of the worship services outdoors in our courtyard, if at all, if the weather permitting. Now, if it's a bit chilly, we're gonna to have to go inside, which we will do. But if we get a warm temperature above 60 degrees on those mornings uh we'll 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 hold it on the outside we're looking forward to holding it on the street and having a great time but you're invited there's going to be some of some powerful joyous gospel singing i mean there's going to be at least 10 12 gospel songs that's just going to really just set your soul on fire and then of course i'm going to do some preaching as well and most of the singing will take place at the 10 o'clock worship, but some will take place at the 7 o'clock worship as well. And prior to that, on Good Friday, we're going to have worship as well and weather permitting, we will have it on the outside in the courtyard. Uh, and we will start at 12 noon to 3 o'clock. We'll have seven preachers. And this year, the speakers are going to be all women that will be speaking the seven sayings from the cross. It'll be very exciting we've had all women once before maybe i don't know but we're definitely going to be doing it uh on this coming friday um this coming good friday rather so we're inviting you to come and be a part of it of course our palm sunday worship service is coming up this week Um, so we want to invite you to come it's going to be april the first Don't get fooled with April Fool's Day at 7 o'clock in the morning. And if possible, it's going to be on the street. There will be seating that we'll have on the street if we have. If not, the weather's cool. Of course, we've said that. We'll be inside. There's going to be joyous, soulful gospel singing like you've never heard before. And then there'll be some stomp-down preaching by yours truly. That's at 7 o'clock and 10 o'clock on Easter Sunday. Amen. And then the Good Friday worship service, live in the New York area, come on to the Good Friday, get Good Friday off. Be here by 12 noon because we start right on the dot with seven of the sayings from the cross. We'd love to have you come, participate, and be a part of it. Who is this attorney, Michael Avenetti? Is, is that his name? Is, am I? Who is he? Um, he just burst on the scene representing Stormy Daniels, a porn star who alleged to have had a sexual encounter only once with tribulation Trump, but got paid $130,000 by Trump's personal attorney, Michael Coyne, to shut up and be quiet about that one night affair. Who is this? Because, you know, i raised the question What is Trump's no tweet zone? I mean, Trump will not uh, send out a tweet against Vladimir Putin, nor will he send one out against Michael Arvinetti. What is this? There are two men that Trump is afraid of, or he won't tweet on. Don't know if he's afraid, but it appears to me, I mean, the boy just tweets about everybody. But not about Michael Avenatti, the, the Stormy Daniels. Why is he afraid to say something about that boy? Why? You know, what? what's up? What's up? I mean, he won't say, so I'm now going to develop the no-tweet zone for Trump. And he won't, he won't say a word about, about Stormy Daniels either. I mean, he's as quiet as a church mouse about these people called Kim Jong-un Rocket Man, Little Rocket Man, you know, called Elizabeth Warren Pocahontas, you know, called Ted, uh, uh, lying, Ted Cruz lying Ted and Jeb Bush, low-energy Bush, called Marco Rubio little Marco, but he won't say a word about this California attorney named Michael Evans. What's up with that? There's no consistency in this boy's uh, tweeting practice, it appears to me. What do you think? Maybe I'll ask Sean Hannity, maybe Jean, Jeanine Pirro, maybe they know, maybe they probably, they probably know everything, everybody so, but that this it appears that Trump's scared of this lawyer. I mean, it appears, it appears to me, I mean, I don't, you know, the, you know, Trump's scared of him. What's he got on Trump? You know, what's he got on Trump? Last night, I said, you know, Southern Baptist was going to a big day yesterday, but what what does what does Michael Avenatti have on Trump that makes Trump clamor and won't say a word won't say a word you know I, I you know I'm trying to figure out well maybe it's drugs last night it didn't come out so I was watching tell me somebody gonna talk something about some doper uh uh Trump blowing some lines of cocaine it didn't come out last night Cause Almanetti said he got a tape and a, a video of something. I don't know what he said. He got something. He sent it to Michael Cohen and said, "If you act, if you even think about doing anything after the sixty minute interview, I will drop a bus a cap on you." That's what Michael Almanetti told Michael Cohen. Y'all hear about that? So I mean, so it's been it's been it hasn't been four hours yet since the broadcast. I ain't heard Michael Cohen ain't said nothing. You know, that ain't nobody got on the news and said it's a lie. Nobody called Stormy Daniels a lie. Nobody said it's fake news. Nobody said it was Santa Claus that did it, or Jack and the Beanstalk. I mean, nobody said, everybody, 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 everybody at Trump Tower down there in Washington, D.C. Is, is as quiet as a church. Why? So, I mean, they don't tweet against these people. I mean, I would thought that, well, you know, after 60 minutes that Michael corn and tribulation Trump would have been all over Twitter sphere last night when when Anderson Cooper finally wrapped up his, his but not a word I mean if the woman lying you ought to say so I don't know so I figure well maybe it must be dope or maybe it's incest I don't know because Vladimir Putin, Michael Avenatti has now risen to the same threat level as Vladimir Putin. So I guess there's some people that can really threaten Trump and make him set up, shut up. But I tell you what I did like last night. I did find it interesting that Stormy Daniel said she spanked him. I said, Lord have mercy, no! <laughs> Trump pulled out his pants and she spanked him with a magazine with his face on the cover of it. I said, oh God, these people are weird. <laughs> now, the other thing of this uh, last night's interview as well is I said, well, you know, you know, I thought they'd have been in a relationship like five or six years, you know, you know, they, you know, they were going back and forth from year after year and, and celebrating and everything, and I started saying, no, I was on it one time, and she didn't want to do it then. <laughs> She said, she said, oh Lord have mercy. She came out of the bathroom and there he was sitting on the bed, perched in his in his only in his t-shirt. <laughs> she said, Oh, oh Lord, she did say Jesus. Anyway, so so Anderson Cooper asked, Well, well she said, Well, she said, listen, I, I got into this. I came up to this man's room. What did I expect? You know, I ain't no little girl. I've been around the bar. So she went on, went on, she went on, on with the deal. So, Anderson, I thought Anderson would get a little bit personal, you know. Say, no, that's not make this a porn show, Anderson. Because Anderson said, well, what did he say after the fact? We mean, we say after the fact, did he light up a cigarette or something? <laughs> 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 anyway. So, <laughs> so she said, uh, I think she told Anderson, so doggone, Anderson, why you ask those questions? She, Anderson, she told Anderson, she said, well, he said he, 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 he liked her or something like that, right? And he going to call her again. No, I see. I thought they had been, man, the way they thought this thing, I look at Stormy Daniels, Stormy Daniels, Stormy Daniels, right? I thought that they'd been in a long time relationship for years. No, she said only one time. And he called her back for a second time, but she said she wasn't going for it. Then he asked her, and then Anderson asked her, he said, Were well, you attracted to him? She said, No. I mean, she said it real quick, like, you know, had it been a sister on Tyler Perry, she would have said, Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> so she said no, I wasn't attracted to her. So I but Anderson played it cool. I thought he was pretty smart last night, I thought. Because he didn't want to make it about sex, right? I mean it, it, and it's not about sex. It's about, you know. So I wonder if the Southern Baptist people watched that last night. They didn't have, have their Sunday evening worship service. They know those Southern Baptists like to go to church on Sunday evening, right? I wonder if any of them stayed home and watched it, or if they put it on their, what's that DVD thing? What's that do they? TiVo, 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 TiVo. What's it, TiVo, TiVo? And they watched it later, like Robert Jeffers, for instance. I wonder if they watched it. I was preaching the other day, you know. And really, you know, these Southern Baptist people, man, they really believe that God sent Trump. I mean, here's what I do. And I I, I probably, y'all are probably a whole lot smarter than me. And that's okay. I mean, I I don't have a jealousy of your cerebral abilities and your intellectual strength. I don't know if you're smarter than me. But here's what I think. I mean, I mean, if you think that anybody who lies the way Trump does, anybody who is a public whore, this boy is a whore. Trump is a slut. He's an orange-haired slut. Now, normally those terms are the, are the reserve for the feminine gender of our species, right? But they could go either way. Trump is a slut. I mean, he's a whore. He's a sex maniac. He's a lowlife. The, the high priority for, for Trump is sex. And the dirtier the person he's having sex with, the more he likes it he likes to have sex with dirty people. You know, okay, maybe we can edit this out because it's a family show. But I'm thinking, you know, he's having sex with Stormy Daniels, right? How many men have sex, you know, had sex with Stormy before Trump? I mean, he likes to have sex with dirty women, right? So I was wondering if the Southern Baptists were watching this. All those preachers were watching this. Uh, you know, I heard that many of the Southern Baptist uh, 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 missionaries, when they go to church on Sunday, they're going to ask the pastor to address the fact that they say that God sent this man who loves to have sex with all these dirty women. I mean, but one thing he'd choose a clean woman, you know, a woman who's some virgins. I don't think that boy likes virgins. I, I, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. So I understand they're going to ask the pastors, you know, what about this? Do You say, God sent him. Why is he like that? have sex with all these dirty women? You know, and if, I, if my daughter gets dirty enough and have sex with enough men, will he like her too? At any rate, I, you know, I, I, I think that my, pre, my, my premise here is that not a word has come out of the White House regarding that interview last night. No word of defense. Maybe know no word of defense because there is no defense. And I thought Stormy was credible last night. I thought that, you know, I mean, I'm not a, fave, a fan of hers or anything. You know, I don't think she's all that good looking. In fact, Elizabeth said she looked like a man last night. She did. I her name should have been Henry, not Stormy. <laughs> So, but she got those big old boobs. Well, I tell you, but men can grow them too, you know. They can stick a needle in you, right? I know a doctor right here in New York, cause I, a lot of these men are running around here. You know, these men. I, one day I saw this guy, uh, the sodomite up here, and in, in, uh, and in, uh, this Japheth guy up here in Harlem. When well, I saw him the next time, I saw him. he had on a Brazil, a bra. It's gone. Anyway. Uh, listen, my friends, I you know we are so thankful for the opportunity to be able to bring. I want to invite y'all to come to our worship services. And uh, I've been telling people that um, we're going to block you. We're going to block these trolls for sure. I'm going to get on the troll patrol. And because I'm tired of all these people coming on our broadcast and saying all these old ugly negative things. And, I, I'm, and, and my question is that, you know, a lot of y'all, like Amy Schraffman right, used to send us a gift every now and then. She's been with me for now, for 10 years. Now she's a Trump supporter and a die hard one and slamming everything. I'm going to block you, Amy. You better watch yourself, girl. I'll tell you that you better watch yourself. And then a whole lot of others that were with me when I was against Obama, they didn't leave me. They still, I wonder why they're still with me. I mean, if, why, if you don't th- if you think it's Trump is king and God and all that, and I'm slamming the way I'm slamming it, you ought to you ought to disengage so I don't have to block. you, I'm gonna block you. And Then I don't wanna give anything. I ain't giving no preaching nothing. You got all them night suits he got. I ain't giving him nothing. I won't block you. Sit there and watch year after year. You know? And any rate about you listening to the man for report, I'm he, James D. David Manning, I'm the Lord's servant. Praise Almighty God and Hallelujah! Boom Shakalaka goes right there. By the way, I got a lot of things I got to be talking to y'all about, so make sure you're logging on. You know, to because we we're living in some evil times, or we're getting ready to some 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 heavy stuff getting ready to come down out of heaven. I mean, some heavy stuff getting ready to come down out of heaven. So you better need to get your act together. All right, everybody. Let's get close to the love, oh yeah Let's get close to the love, oh yeah Living life from day to day We so busy, lose our way Just one thing. everybody. We're continuing our extraordinary journey of trusting in the Lord. Remember, uh, we told you that trusting in the Lord, according to Solomon, uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine don't understand that all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. We have also discovered that trust is when you come to the Lord and give yourself completely over to him, and he can trust you with the plans for humanity. Now, there may be a lot of good people running around helping someone who has put their trust in the Lord, and that might be you. But those who put their trust in the Lord, Almighty God can trust them with the plans of humanity or with the keys to the kingdom, as he did with uh, the Apostle Peter in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 16, verse 19, where he gave him the keys to the kingdom. And uh, whatever he said on earth was the law, and whatever he said on whatever he said on earth, heaven said was the law. At any rate, we're continuing our teaching, and and what I want to do uh, is I want you to look at a couple of things that we've been able to examine recently uh, with respect to Hamites and Canaanites. Now I've noticed that a lot of, uh, well, not a lot of, but some Shemites who are the sons of Noah in the Jewish family. Uh, have accused me of attacking the Jews. Um, There's nothing I can do to explain to them that I'm not. I suppose even if I got down and shined their shoes, they'd probably still say I'm attacking them. I'm not. I'm just teaching the word of God. I think many would say that Jesus attacks the Jews. That's not true. But we're going to leave that as that is. Others are saying, on the other side, Japheth are saying that I'm being racist because I'm pointing out Now is the time for the Hamites and the Canaanites to come to fullness of their time before God, before the end of all things. That now is their time to be blessed after 400 years of slavery. And the Japheth people are calling that racist. Well, there's nothing you can do to anyone who accepts that or lets that get down in their heart. They've got some other reason why they're saying that. And there's nothing I can do or will do to assuage that. But what I do want to do is talk to Hamites. And the Canaanites, and say to them about the message of weaponizing themselves with the power of the Sabbath, that the Sabbath is the, the the law that gives them their first freedom. It's a biblical law it it was it's the law that gives them the opportunity to act like God. Only Shemites recognize on the entire planet of Earth. Only the Shemites recognize this all-powerful law of the Sabbath day. It's the day that God rested after six days of creation. And it's the day that Moses told the children of Israel to observe in Exodus chapter 20, verse 8 through 11. But only the Shemites recognize it. And I got to tell you that it's now time for the Hamites to wake up and recognize the power of the Sabbath day. And Hamites and Canaanites as well. And what I'd like to do is just point up now, because I know I've got a big hurdle, but I believe that Almighty God, His name is Jesus, will give me the strength to overcome the obstacles that lie ahead and that we might be able to push forward of bringing the Hamite and Canaanite people into a brand new era of prosperity, a brand new era of health, a brand new era of world leadership. And I want to point out, that all of the efforts of the last 100 years uh, to bring the Hamites and Canaanites, and there's been a Hamite and Canaanite movement by itself, uh, had well, let me not say just yet they have failed, but they have not produced the product that they have sought. Let's start with the whole idea of the civil rights movement. Let's go back to Rosa Parks. And uh, when well, I go all the way back to W.E.B. Du Bois and the founding of the National, Act, uh, the NAACP uh, in terms of its, pre- its pretense and what it was scheduled to do uh, to help advance the colored people, well, first of all, the name of it is an anathema. But the other thing is that it got started in the 1920s with W.E.B. Du Bois, who himself was a communist. The NAACP is still around, but it's really now a Japheth-run organization. It's Japheth and Shemite supported. They're the ones that give the money to support it. And they get the Hamite, Pinch-nosed Hamites, pinch nose Canaanites, pinch nose Hamites, and Pinch-nosed Negroes to run it. And it's just a sham. It's it's just a dumping ground for rich Shemites and rich Japheth people to put money in to ease their conscience about the suffering that Hamites and Canaanites are going through. It isn't an organization to move anything forward. So uh, the, 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 the NAAC and the civil rights movement, and then comes Dr. King, of course, and Rosa Parks and uh, the marching. And. Uh, the, and then, and then there's lots of 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 uh, Shemite uh, media media control that gave Dr. King a lot of press, so people would know who he was, hear what he had to say. He was a Southern Baptist preacher, what a, a Black Baptist that is, and he was, you know, he had that Baptist drawl, which was so prominent among Baptist preachers during his day. His father was a preacher, his grandfather before him. And uh, the media gave him some press, and then after a while, they uh, they 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 dropped back on giving him some press, and then he put children out on the street in Birmingham, let the fire hoses and the dogs get a hold of them, so that they too, uh, so the press would come back, and he got more coverage, and then the coverage backed up, and then there was all kind of splinter groups that came along, and uh, he had a march or two on Washington, and spoke with the presidents and everything. Uh, and then, of course, but the, but the civil rights issue did advance some legislation, which changed the laws of Congress. Um, and we'll see how far that got, everybody. And I, 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 right now, and by that I mean, if you stick a pin in the whole idea, well, what did civil rights accomplish? In the midst of civil rights, now we're talking about weaponizing the Hamites and the Canaanites to actually bring them to where nothing else has ever done for them, to bring them to a sense of wholeness. And, and by that, I mean in their personal, their relationship with God, their financial, their uh, world stage leadership, that nothing has done it so far is what I'm trying to point up. And I'm going over in some review of some efforts that have been mighty efforts, but they have left a lot wanting. So then came Black Power with Stokely Carmichael and, you know, the Black Power movement, the Black Power, or Black Power. That ran for a little while and then that petered out. And then, of course, the Black Panthers came along in the 60s and the 70s and they were using the Second Amendment of the Constitution to stand in, 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 on their street corners with their firearms as long as they were long arms and they were able to exercise the First Amendment, the Second Amendment of the Constitution. Black Panthers, they read the Constitution, they, we can carry out our arms and gave a little bit of a chill to people, Stokely Carmichael was black power and Huey Newton uh, was with the, uh, the Black Panthers. And then of course, they, then there was a lull and things and Jesse Jackson comes along after the death of Dr. King and he decides, well, let's call ourselves African-Americans. We'll stop being Negroes, stop being colored. I think if we name ourselves African-Americans, that's gonna do the trick. So Jesse got out there, he got some press because he was Dr. King's lieutenant and uh, they gave him some press and he was able to go, then he ran for president. And running for president in 1984, he named all the uh, Negroes African-Americans and there we, there we go African, we're no longer Negroes, we're no longer black, we're no longer colored, now we're African-Americans. Under Jesse Jackson, this presidential bid, he didn't make it to the presidency, but he changed the course of the name of the people. And now, of course, we got, uh, after that, Jesse didn't make it, Obama ran, he wasn't black, he was half black, he was half baked, he was a sodomite, he was a pervert, his father was a communist, had communist blood in it, and his mama was white trash. And yet, they, because they had been through so many folds and enclaves and periods and decades of lunacy, the Hamite people, they accepted him. They, they went through, because I mean, you know, back in the 1940s or 1950s, nobody would have accepted Obama. I mean, they wouldn't spit on him. Not a true black man, not a true Hamite, a true candidate known as a black man or a Negro. A true Negro would not have accepted Obama having a white mama in the 1940s and 50s and 60s. They would have done it. I can tell you. I lived in the 1960s. I knew the know the movement. I, you know, I went to a Black Panther party meeting. You know, I, I watched the Black Muslims stand on the corner with the, you know, with Muhammad speaks. Ain't no way the that Negroes or Black people would have accepted a half baked piece of trash like Obama back in the 60s. But because they had gone through so many periods and decades and enclaves of failure, they decided, all right, we'll accept this half-white man who can't get a full black man who can't get a full Hamite or a full Canaanite, we'll accept a half-white one. And they did, which is points up to the, the weakening and demoralization of the Hamite. And then they became African-Americans, that was a mess. And then after Obama's trick, nothing happened. There was no love demonstrated. There was no uplift. There was no progress. I mean, absolutely none. Then comes Black Lives Matter. I think you get the idea. All of this blackness, all of these movements, and still young black men are being shot down in the street. Still the, the ghettos of America become more ghettoized. Still there's no real place in humanity of world leadership for the African American, the Negro, the Black, other colored man, after all of these movements, so one would, and a Black president, so one would have to then turn around and, and at least ask the question whether or not you want to to hear me or not. You ought to be at least open-minded enough and objective enough to look at the progress of what the labels black or African has gotten you and where it's gotten you to. Are you better off? Are you, are are, are black men better fathers? I mean, are they better providers? Do they own their communities? Do they run their businesses? Do they own the enterprise? Are they on the world stage? Are they major manufacturers? Are they major movers and shakers in everything except, or anything except rap or sports? I mean, when I come to you, and I'm going to keep coming at you, I'm not going to stop. When I come to you, you have to observe these things. Now let me go back and speak to Shem again. You know, the ship, the Jews are now under some uh, spell that teaching one to honor being a Hamite and a Canaanite and honor the Sabbath day, or and what Jesus has said that Jerusalem is no longer a holy city, but it's a it's a cesspool like Sodom and Egypt, or that the synagogue of Satan, the people who say they're Jews but are not, that's somehow or another that's attacking the jews and they want to run out they want to run out uh but that that, that you, you you can only preach the word of god that they like but you can't preach the one the, the word that jesus like so well, i want to deal with that and then you got japheth who is insecure as a man with diarrhea that he can't control sitting up in a major audience with no bathrooms nearby, and he's got diarrhea. That's how Japheth is acting now that I'm preaching about Hamites and Canaanites weaponizing under the Sabbath day and unifying. That That it is indeed the only weapon that can and will deliver Black power didn't do it. Black Panthers didn't do it. Black Lives Matter won't do it. Black president didn't do it. Being African-American didn't do it. Being Negro, being color, civil rights, it has all failed. So at the very least, all of y'all, Jew, Gentile, and, and, and Hamite, all just sit down and listen. We're running around here using the teachings that have failed. Listen to me, especially the Hamites and the Canaanites. Now, you know, the other thing I think is very important is that you ought to not let these swine-dancing preachers, you ought not to let them who have no anointing, and, and this is for Japheth as well, and for Shem. I can tell you this, if you're going to a Jewish synagogue or whatever it is they do today, there ain't no revelation in there. There's no spirit there. There's no anointing in hell. Benjamin Netanyahu is going to jail just like Tribulation Trump is going to jail. You know, they're not of God. You sit down in these Southern Baptist churches and there ain't no anointing in there? The preacher is depending on the choir and the orchestra. He's got kettle drums in there. He's got all kinds of light shows going on because he doesn't have a word from the Lord. He doesn't have a new message. You haven't heard that preacher in the Southern Baptist Church give a revelation or message or anointed word of God in years. It's as dead as a doorknob, though the place is packed with people. And the same thing for the swine dancing churches. T.D. Jake doesn't have anything new to say. He doesn't have an anointed word to say. It's the same old, he's depending, they're all depending on the choir. They're hiring the best musicians, and then they bring in movie stars like Tyler Perry and Oprah Winfrey, because they ain't got nothing to say. They're bringing movie stars to get the crowd riled up. Or they're bringing a professional con man to come in and do some things and jiggle that but ain't no word in that church. Ain't no anointing in that church. Ain't no power of God coming out these churches. And you know it. Hell, if you if you say we're gonna go on a, a fast at Brooklyn Tabernacle, the choir's not gonna sing for six months. Hell, Brooklyn Tabernacle will fold up. Cause Cymbala ain't got no word from God. He ain't preaching. That's a that's a music hall. It's a off Broadway, off Broadway, off Fulton Street, uh concert hall. Symbol ain't got no word from God. In Times Square, church is a place where people, first of all, they hang around Times Square and they, they, they like sightseers and freaks. Then they freak out in Times Square. No don't move up God. There ain't no move up God. So it's, it's about time. As much as you would want to despise or reject, why are you rejecting the truth? Black power didn't get it. Where's black power now? I can tell you what still is. The Word of God still is. I can tell you right now. The Word of God, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days shall thou labor, and on the seventh day thou shalt do no work, not your ox, nor your ass, nor your manservant, nor your your maidservant, that even when the slave master told you that God told him that you were supposed to serve him, that Noah cursed Canaan, and Canaan's supposed to serve Shem and Japheth, and you'll have to say, yeah, but then you can come back and say, but yeah, God told Moses on the seventh day, I'm not your slave. And he also told you, after seven years of this madness of my being your slave, you'd have set me free. That's the word of God, not black power. Martin King never taught that. He was over there teaching that Mahatma Gandhi, whatever that was over there that Gandhi was teaching over yonder in India with the march to the sea and the salt mines. Hell, we ain't got no salt mines here. I mean, it's just the work of the devil keeping our children barefoot and keeping our fathers without adequate jobs and provisions. Martin King marching for better jobs. Listen, the Polish, the Irish, the Jewish, the Italian, the Hungarian, they all provided jobs for each other. That's why they had jobs. You get a good Italian man, he opens up a restaurant, and then they hire all of his cousins. You know, the Polish or the Irish, he opened up a business, and he hires all of his cousins. Well, until the Hamite man Gets the power to open up business. He ain't go, We ain't going to never have a, a, a full measure of jobs unless you go for that affirmative action craziness. That equal, then they got to make, them, make a man give you a job. He don't want to hire you. You don't want to work for him. You got a mutual do not. But the civil rights, where he got to hire you, equal to employment. That ain't the way the Irish did it. The Italians did it. The Jewish did it. The Hungarians did it. The Dutch did it. That ain't the way they did it that did it the Bible way. Here you come. Here you come with Martin King, and black power. Now you got Black Lives Matter. They ain't going to be around much longer. People have lost interest in that. And Yet here I come with the truth to set you free. You need to listen. You got to get out to Sunday worship. Japheth had put a noose around your neck and a hook in your nose and told you to worship on Sunday. Japheth had lied to you here in Constantine and the Roman Catholic Church. They've lied to you and kept you in bondage for more than 1,400 years now. At least over in Africa before they came with the slave ships, the Muslims were teaching y'all to worship on Saturday, on the Sabbath day. You need to listen to me. Told y'all last week, to go out there and make sure in the next 40 days you convert at least one person to Sabbath work. First of all, you convert. Now you listen to, listen to me. You need to hear what thus saith the Lord God Almighty, the Word of God. You got to get out these, take that noose off your neck and that hook out your nose and become a Sabbath, weaponize. The Canaanites and the Hamites here in America, and in Africa, and around the world. Weaponize, how you weaponize? With the weapon that will truly set you free. I mean, you can't argue that you're free now, you lost your neighborhoods, community, you're giving up Harlem, selling out your churches, you let your sons rap and cuss out their mamas and their sisters, I mean, you run around here, the men of the 1940s and the 1950s would have been a of people like Al Sharpton, would have been ashamed of Charles Rangel, would have been a of people voting for a half-baked white woman's son named Barack Obama. They would have run you out of town on a rail. Here y'all running around here, Jay-Z and Beyonce, talking about vote for Obama. They would have run you out of town on a rail when men, were men. Then you run around here and let Jesse Jackson tell you African-American. What the hell is that? So God has sent the word. I'm his messenger, and you're not going to stop me, and we're going to succeed. You're going to finally get down on your knees and say, I need to hear Dr. Manning. Oh, I know it ain't going to be easy. Well, it never was. It never has been. Your friends are not going to accept you. You're going to have trouble and struggle and trial. But at least you'll be marching to victory. Where you going now? Living hand to mouth? Ain't no Holy Ghost in your church? You got to make a lot of noise? Jump up and down. Hope the choir can sing. Hope the choir can bring some sort of spirit in there because there ain't no revelation. There ain't no word up in there. Yeah, listen to Dr. Manning. God's messenger got a word to set you free, not from the U.S. Constitution, but from the word of God, the Sabbath day. And every Canaanite, we will not rest. Every Canaanite you know, and every Hamite you know, converts and honors the Sabbath day. We ain't working on the Sabbath day. We're going to honor it. We're going to worship on the Sabbath day. Y'all can do what you want to do on Sunday, but no! You need to listen to the Lord's servant. Ain't going to make you look bad. do run around here following that sodomite T.D. Jakes. Trying to build a big church like his. Unless you're willing to lie and steal and connive like Eddie Long and, and crypto Dollar and sell out, you ain't going to get no big church. You need to listen to the word. There's a word. It says that the Broadway is where all them people sit up in the Southern Baptist churches. Look at them Southern Baptist churches. They're as full as they can get. They're running three or four worship services on Sunday morning between eight o'clock and twelve o'clock. They are four worship services, five thousand people in each one of them, and still there ain't no word. Then they worship. They're as blind as bats up in there worshiping tribulation Trump with twenty thousand members coming. You can see that yourself. And then you need to stand up. That these Jews run around here because I preach the word of God. And now all of a sudden I'm attacking the Jew. No, I'm preaching the word. If you let if it's an attack, then let the shoe fit. But no, I'm gonna preach Jesus. I'm gonna preach what I've always done. I'll preach God's word. And Japheth is jealous. He's hoping to hell. japheth is gonna spend money. He's gonna troll me. He's gonna stop me. He's gonna get Mark Zuckerberg to shut my, my Facebook page and and Google to shut down YouTube, cause he knows if enough of y'all out there hear me, Mark Zuckerberg gonna be in trouble. Bill Gates gonna be in trouble. He know if y'all ever listen to me and line up between the, and weaponize the Hamites and Canaanites with the Sabbath day, all the way down there in Guyana, up in Aruba, St. Lucia, Dominica, all the way up in St. Kitts, up in uh, Puerto Rico, even in Cuba and everywhere else in between and all over the Hamite and Canaanite slave of uh, America. He knows if you ever wake up, he's gone. You can see how he's running now. He's running from the Mexicans. Look how Japheth is running from the Mexicans and running from the Muslims. He's scared as hell. He want to build a wall, but he ain't scared of you. Japheth is scared as hell. He wants to build a wall to stop the Mexicans, and want to cut down the airlines and stop the Muslims. He's scared of y'all, Japheth. He's scared as hell. Well, he ain't scared of the Hamas, the Canaanites, but he's scared of the Mexicans and the Muslims. He's scared. If you ever wake up, that boy gonna have constant diarrhea. If you ever wake up and say, wait a minute, I ain't gonna let nobody talk about Dr. Manning, I'm going to support him. The man's a stomp-down man. He's a brother. He's a shepherd. He's a man of God. He's anointed. He's on fire. He's got the word. He's the Lord's messenger. He's the Lord's servant. I'm going to listen to what he says. Stop listening to John Bryant, that lying freak up there in the African Methodist Episcopal Church. I'm going to listen to a man who's got a word in his mouth from God. Now, the Mexicans don't even have a leader. And Japheth, the, the, the white boys are scared. They're scared of the Mexicans. They're scared of the Muslims. They want Trump to build a wall. They're all scared. They're scared. Now what you going to do? God has sent me. I said, the Lord has sent me. You need to wake up. and say, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, they tried to run down Dr. and They tried to talk him down trying to, he's the man, he's showing us, stomp down, brother. He's telling us the truth, and I am. Alright? I, I, I'm going to keep on. Don't let that settle in. Black power, Black Panthers, Black Muslims, Black Lives Matter, Black President, Civil Rights, NAACP, and look at you. What you got? But God says his word shall set you free. It's right there in the word. The same word. Now the Japheth man had enough sense when he recognized that when he brought y'all over here on them slave ships that to keep you down, he had to put out the Bible. He could not pull out the fact that he was white and say white power. He could not put out his hoods and his robes and say Ku Klux Klan to keep y'all in power and and, and slavery he knew that that wouldn't get it that boy that Japheth boy that plantation owner that slave man that Thomas Jefferson they went and got the Bible and showed your nappy head in the Bible where God said that you supposed to serve him where God said you're supposed to serve Japheth you're supposed to serve Shem and that quieted you down that's right, Ask Nat Turner. He went and got the Bible and showed you why you're supposed to be slaves. What you going to do after that? Because you believe God, so you sat down and went back to the cotton field. Went back to the cabin and shut your mouth. Because the white man showed you in the Bible you're supposed to be a slave. And you shut up and sat down. Well, I'm showing you in the Bible where you're supposed to be free. And yet you're running around here with T.D. Jakes and Crypto Dollar talking about a big church and a mega church and running around behind this half-white, half-baked piece of trash call Obama or the Black Panther or the Black Muslims or the African American Jesse Jackson. Well, and none of them is showing you the Bible. I'm showing you the same Bible that the white man used to keep you in slavery. I'm showing you the word of God that would take you out. It's called a Sabbath day. And then you got an attitude at me. go listen to them. I'm the Lord's servant. The same word, the same Bible That kept you in slavery for 400 years. That same Bible is the only way you're going to get out. Black power, black president, civil rights, affirmative action. You must be crazy as hell. Some of y'all are. So now, here, you need to go and say, All right, it's going to be rough because, man, my people are crazy, Lord. (laughs) They worship that white man, they whatever he says, they go for it. But I'm gonna step out there and line up with Dr. Manning. I'm gonna line up with him and I ain't gonna be afraid of how they persecute me, what they do to me, how they talk about me, the way they talk about him. But I see God is still with him. I believe that God will set me and I'm gonna tell everybody in my family, you we gonna do Sabbath day. We ain't doing this old, old this old Catholic Sunday stuff, old Catholic Roman Catholic. We ain't doing that. We ain't, we ain't doing that no more. We're going to do what God said. We're going to be free. We're going to spread out throughout all of the islands down there. All of Hamite America is where we're going to do it. Yes, sir. Now, I'll be back to talk to you more. I got a whole lot of things that we got to talk about. But go ahead now. Remember. Were it not for the Bible, you never would have been slaves. And the only thing that's going to set you free is the word of God. Not Martin Luther King. Not Obama. Not Jesse Jackson. The Bible is the only way that white man kept you in slavery to Jacob. That's the only way he kept you in. And the only way you're going to get out is through the same Bible. Through the same word of God. I'm the Lord's servant. All right. Get out there now. First. Make the commitment you ain't stepping up in nobody's building on a sudden and no more. And you're going to tell you, ask for you in your house. Y'all going to sabbath the Lord. Me, I'm James David Manning, everybody. I'm the Lord's servant. My friends, I want to invite you to our Easter worship service. The Holy Week will be ending, um, and the, the 1st of April will be the Resurrection Day. Y'all refer to it as Easter, and I'll go ahead and talk your language for the time being. It is not a pagan holiday. It's respect of Jesus having been on the cross, crucified, laid in the grave for three days, got up on Sunday morning, honoring the Sabbath before he got up out of the grave. It's going to happen this year on the 1st of April. Don't confuse it with April Fool's Day. <laughs> and um, we want to invite you to two worship services on that day. One at seven o'clock in the morning and the other at 10 o'clock in the morning. And in between those two services, we're gonna have a little light breakfast of some finger food and things that you could pick up, some juices and cheese and smoked salmon and onions and that kind of thing, just quickly you can eat. And then we're going to the next worship. If at all possible, we're gonna hold both of the worship services outdoors in our courtyard, if at all, if the weather permitting. Now, if it's a bit chilly, we're gonna have to go inside, which we will do. But if we get a warm temperature above 60 degrees on those mornings, uh, we'll 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 hold it on the outside. We're looking forward to holding it on the street and having a great time. But you're invited. There's going to be some some powerful, joyous gospel singing. I mean, there's going to be at least 10, 12 gospel songs that's just going to really just set your soul on fire. And then, of course, I'm going to do some preaching as well. And most of the singing will take place at the 10 o'clock worship, but some will take place at the 7 o'clock worship as well. And prior to that, on Good Friday, we're going to have worship as well, and weather permitting, we're going to have it on the outside in the courtyard. Uh, and we will start at 12 noon to 3 o'clock, we'll have seven preachers. And this year, the speakers are going to be all women that will be speaking the seven sayings from the cross. It'll be very exciting. We've had all women once before, maybe, I don't know, but we're definitely going to be doing it uh, on this coming Friday, um, this coming Good Friday, rather. So we're inviting you to come and be a part of it. Of course, our Palm Sunday worship service is coming up this week. Um, So we want to invite you to come. It's going to be April the 1st. Don't get fooled with April Fool's Day at 7 o'clock in the morning. And if possible, it's going to be on the street. There will be seating that we'll have on the street if we have. If not, the weather's cool. Of course, we've said that. We'll be inside. There's going to be joyous, soulful gospel singing like you've never heard before. And then there'll be some stomp-down preaching by yours truly. That's at 7 o'clock and 10 o'clock on Easter Sunday. Amen. And then the Good Friday worship service, live in the New York area, come on to the Good Friday, get Good Friday off. Be here by 12 noon, because we start right on the dot with seven of the sayings from the cross. We'd love to have you come, participate, and be a part of it. I want to bow my knee once again, and I want to recount the event of the flames outside of our church. Um, And I wanna ask the Lord to help me to communicate what I felt. Uh, The artist sees a sunflower uh, and he sees a sunset and he paints what we all see but he sees more deeply. Um, I was in this church preaching And a number of members of this church rose up and turned their backs to my preaching. And they began to pray and speak against me as the preacher and pastor. And when I saw their actions, I became furious. And I ran from the pulpit to where they were and accosted them as to why they had turned their backs on me. Why they were praying against me. And they argued biblically what their reasons were. And they were very proud of their reasons. And they were very staunch in what they were saying. And they were united against me. And as I was arguing with one of the men, there were men and women. As I was arguing with one of the men. I heard the sound of a strange organ. And then somebody said, look. And I looked. And outside of this church was a wall of fire. Flames leaping and dancing and licking. And when the person said, look. All the people that had opposed me, that had turned their backs, and that had prayed against me were being drawn to the fire. The man I was arguing with no longer had any concern with me whatsoever, but in a gaze as if he was hypnotized and all the others, they marched towards the flames. I have had a lot of experiences. This is outside of the vision now. And I've met the Lord Jesus Christ, and I know what that feels like. I've never felt anything like what I felt when I saw that wall of flames. One woman in particular had on a multicolored leather jacket. Green and red and splotches of colors. And as they all were drawn to that flame as if they were hypnotized, she looked back as if she wanted to cry and say, save me. But I couldn't help her and she couldn't speak. The man that left me and was drawn to the flames as well. And none could resist the flames as they went into that burning hell. And I, I I pondered, I spoke yesterday about this briefly. I pondered it all night last night because the feeling that i had when i saw those flames and how those people outside this church were drawn into that fire and they could not resist there's nothing they, they couldn't even speak they just had to go and so i asked the lord early this morning what does that mean he didn't answer me but what I've come to term because I've never felt anything like that before. What I've come to understand, that it was death. I've never been dead before, so I don't know what it feels like. I don't know what it feels like to be just one breath away from death. And you can't stop it. You know it's coming. And maybe even after that breath has exhausted and you're dead, maybe there's still some ability to recognize that you're dead and you can't turn around. You can't turn around. You can't speak. You can't ask for help. And that's what it was. It was death. I've never felt that before. It doesn't feel good. I I, I can't explain to you what it's like but it was death that I felt as those people that had opposed me were now drawn but it wasn't just death it was death and hell combined you know I'm gonna say something or at least someone will say something a little bit later on this week that Jesus on the cross said my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Even Jesus didn't want to go to death and to hell. It is not a pleasant feeling. So many people you know have died. They have. They've gone on. But they all have gone through that. Not able to speak. Did they also go to hell? It's I'm not expressing this in any way as to promote myself, but I think it's important for all of us to recognize. You don't wanna die. Not even Jesus wanted to die. You don't wanna go to hell. I ain't never felt nothing like that. I've been high. I've had all kinds of experiences. So I, I thought that I would share that once again Thinking perchance I was not as clear as I could have been when first sharing it. My friends, you don't want to die. Not without Christ. And you don't want to, you don't want to go to hell. You you don't want to go there. I don't care how good whatever it is you're doing feels. I don't care how much the preacher tells you God loves you. I don't care what he says to you about doctrine. You don't want to go to hell. You don't want to go. And you don't want to die without Jesus. I don't have this as a word from the Lord. I'll just speak on it. But the wall of flames were outside this building. Inside here was safety. And God drew them out of here to the wall of flames. You can interpret that any way you want. You can say that your children going to the Baptist church is okay. They're in the wall of flames. You can do anything you want. Those that march against us. Or you can get in a hurry and tell people they don't want to die. I'm telling you, you don't want that. But when it happens, there's nothing you do. You can't speak. You can't call for help. Once it happens, you'll never want to go there. And I have a sense of urgency, church, that we're living in, we're living in a times that's unspeakable. When I look at what they've done to my friend, Dr. Brian, at the Legree Baptist Church, over there on 125th, he preached in this pulpit, Dr. Latson, what devil has taken hold of these people? What devil has taken hold of them? What devil has taken hold? What? What devil has caused them to be as they are? I sent a note out this morning that Tribulation Trump is a public whore. A fellow wrote back to me that he's God's man for the hour. What devil? What devils? Have you ever seen or heard anything like this? What devils? It's safety in here. It's safe in here. The fire is out there. There's death and hell out there. There's life in here. I want to, I want to share that because I thought perchance I failed you somehow yesterday and I didn't fully explain i want to my my friends i i need to let you know that i have a word in my mouth from almighty god it's a word never spoken by men nor angels until god almighty spoke it unto me recently we have been promoting uh that the name haiti is a word from the aboriginals uh, that it is a, meaning the original language, the original tongue that precedes precedes the uh, language of Shem or Japheth, uh, the, the, the term Haiti. But I have a word, and it's called Atla, and I now know why there is such a marriage between Haiti and Atla, because they are words that have never been used by Shem or by Japheth, that these words are even succeed or precede the words used in in the Hebrew language that Moses used, or any of the words that were used in Aramaic that Jesus used. Atla and Haiti are unique words uh, that only the almighty, they are from the original tongue, from the original language, from the original man. Atla and Haiti. And I've got that word in my mouth for some time now. I was trying to discover well what was it about Haiti because I've traveled the world. I've been to Ethiopia, whose poverty I think is perhaps worse than Haiti. I've, you know, I've been to Liberia. I've been to South Africa. I've seen what happened there during the time of the uh, the apartheid regime. And uh, but now I know it is it is the the word. And it is the power of the words that succeed or precede the use by Shem or Japheth that he did not know these words and does not own them. That they are words of freedom and independence. Atla is a word of independence, of freedom from Japheth or from Shem. And Haiti is as well by Dessalines and also Toussaint, the Overture, and a Council there. In uh, what was then known as Saint Dominique, the name of some French sissy priest, and Toussaint Louverture and Dessalines and the Haitian council said, "We will not be named by a a priest out of France," and they chose a word from the original tongue, a word that pre- that precedes both the Jewish Hebrew and Aramaic and English language and tongue, Haiti. Atla, that's what God said. Now, having said that, I've been teaching and many of you have been listening to me for many years and that's good. But I need to let you know that uh, the words that I have in my mouth will bless you. And you need to step up in the blessing by your giving and your loving and your praying and your support of this ministry need to pray for me when you pray for anything even if you're standing at the hospital praying for someone with cancer you need to pray that god will let me preach because i can heal cancer from this chair that i'm in right now through this camera lens i can speak a word in you and get you excited about god and when you visit your mother or your relative in the cancer ward having watched me through this camera lens and the fire and a confidence has welled up in you, you can drop it on your loved one, your grandmother, your mother. uh, They're in that cancer ward, and they can be healed. You need to pray for me. When you pray for me, you open up your heart for me to come inside and dwell inside of you. When you pray for me, And when you give to the ministry, or to me in particular, you open up the opportunity to receive from places that should be given unto you and whatever that you stand or have need of. Now listen to me once again. When you pray for me, you open up the opportunity for me to come in, into your heart and to be in your life, to be in that hospital room or be in that daycare center or to be on that job or to be in that circumstance where you need the anointing of God to be in your life. When you pray for me, that's what takes place. Now I'm gonna talk to you more as the days go on about your giving Don't be as one of those who just don't want to give. They know that I am a good man. They know it. They know I'm a faithful man. They know it. They know I'm a righteous man. They know it. But Satan has been able to hold on to just this one place of evil inside of them where they just don't want to give. And they know that they could and they know that they should. So don't let that devil do that to you. Give and God will give you anointings and powers that you can go into circumstances and be victorious. Don't let the devil deceive you. I'm the Lord's servant. I'm I'm here to speak a word into your life so you can speak a word into the life of those around you. Praise almighty God, you know how to give go online. Don't let that devil tell you not to give to this minister that you can't. Don't lie. Don't you lie to God. Don't lie to God and tell God you can't do it. Don't lie to God. Don't let the devil tell you to lie to God and say that you can't. Don't let the devil tell you to lie to God. Give, because you know you can. I wanna put forth a call for five million Hamites, Canaanites, Haitians in particular, and in the league, to form a union uh, to contribute $100 each to buy all of Tribulation Trump's properties, starting with Mar-a-Lago and the Trump International Hotel, Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach, Florida, and the Trump International Hotel in Washington, D.C., starting there. Five million Hamites and Canaanites uh, contributing $100 each, raising a half a billion dollars to start the process of purchasing purchasing tribulation Trump's properties. And the reason why they should gonna be purchased, and they'll be purchased at a fire sale, because Trump will be indicted or commit suicide. Or the Mueller investigation will tighten a noose around him so tight that he's going to have to sell off his properties. I just did a piece earlier where I explained that Tribulation Trump's personal lawyer, Michael Cohen, had to hawk his house to raise $130,000. Now, you know when you know I got to when you have to hock your house to raise $130,000 to pay a sex bill. Ain't no money. They, these boys ain't got no money. They ain't got no money. This went to the drug dealer. At any rate, a loan shot, but at any rate, I, I I, seriously, I want you to listen to me very carefully now. Think about this, and we'll see how God will work all this out. If five million Hamites and Canaanites with Haitians in the lead, and everybody all down in the islands invested $100 it would raise half a billion. If 10 million Hamite, Canaanites invested $100, it'll raise a billion dollars. That would be enough money to put in a structured program whereby it would then begin to finance the purchase of Mar-a-Laga in Florida, and the Trump International Hotel in Washington, D.C., the Trump Tower here in New York, and some of the Trump golf courses, the Delray Beach uh, Trump golf course also in Florida, and other properties as well that will be sold at a fire sale because Trump is going to need money. He's going to need it desperately. So I would think that if, if those of you out there would hear me, and we can find some people that are credible financial people whose heart's are in the right place, that are either Hamanite ha- ha- Ham- or Canaanite, whose heart's are in the right place, but they have great financial expertise. They have been known to deal in an equitable way and an honest way with the people, whether it be a broker from Wall Street or an insurance representative or some other kind of person that is a Hamite or Canaanite who has financial experience and put together a board of directors and then hold a conference and ask each Hamite or Canaanite person for $100 only in honor of refuting tribulation Trump for having called Africa and Haiti as an asshole. And most Hamites, you can get 10 million Hamites to come up with $100. That ain't no big thing. You're getting ham who want to come up with a 1,000 or 100,000 knowing that we can take Trump's properties, all of them, all of them, the man that disparaged uh, Haiti and Africa in the worst way, and we can then run our beautiful children, turn the properties into schools, turn the mar a in, into a school to educate at all levels, into a college to educate uh, and, and, and give Haitian children visas to come to educate themselves at, uh, from all down in the islands, from down in St. Kitts, from down in uh, Jamaica, can come to Mar-a-Laga, and we can turn uh, Trump Tower uh, into an education institution, or keep it as a hotel and use it as an international Hamite and Canaanite hotel managed by. We need to find people that are Hamites who have hotel management experience. Uh, We need the people who have worked for the Four Seasons Hotel, who have worked for the upscale, the St. Regis here in, uh, in New York. We have a member of our church who's now studying law who worked for the Waldorf Astoria, At one time. We need to find people of the Hamite Canaanite persuasion and ability who have expertise, who've worked at the Waldorf, who've worked at the Plaza Hotel, who worked at the Four Seasons, and who've worked at Marias and other Hiltons who understand hotel management. So that when we take charge of this, it will not be a skippy organization run down half-hearted. No, it'll be run in the most upscale way, even better than Tribulation Trump is running it. Yeah, and promoted as such, and the education. Well, I'm not talking about my doing this themselves. I just want to get out there and put the idea out there. We need to get out there on the Steve Harvey Show and the Tom Joyner and everybody else. I'm putting the idea out there. See, God's given me the strength to blow the idea. God's given me the mouthful of blessings to bless the project, and then we can call for it. And we'll look at the the, the, the pedigrees, the resumes, of those who would want to orchestrate, said the president, the board of, uh, board of directors, the chairman of this organization, bringing 5 million or 10 million Hamites and Canaanites together to then purchase Trump properties. And, and, and we, even before Mueller ties that noose around his neck completely, let him know that we're watching him, we're waiting for him to fall so we can take his properties. And let everybody else know it as well. But yeah, I don't have to run this. You say, Pastor, you're trying to run this. I don't know. No, I'm, I'm the Lord, sir. But I ain't got time to run no banking industry. No, I'll, I will teach in a school. But I ain't got time to do this or put together a board of directors and sit down and have coffee and Danish with y'all in some boardroom. I ain't going to do that. That ain't my stick. That ain't my style. I don't do that. I'm just the Lord, sir. I'm telling you what the Lord, said. Y'all take it and run with it. Take it and run with it. But I want to be there to bless it, call it together, hold the first prayer meeting. And we're going to look for the best and the finest of the Hamites and brothers who got a good record. Now, we, we, we don't want none of these politicians. I'll tell you this right now. Now, I will have some, I don't want to have some, we have, we have no, no politicians. Your congressman, no, no, no. You have been tainted by that chicken blood. You have been eating chicken blood. You're a politician. You have been eating chicken blood. And... You have to be, to be a politician to the Hamite community to come out of the hood. You you sell us out. We know that. Oh, we know that things you have to do. You have to bow down to Mr. Charlie and sell us out. We know that. And that's why we don't want you because you've been you had chicken blood in you. We'll find some brothers. It'll make a junkie say, "Jesus is Lord. I got a word in my mouth. I got a word." word.